You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street, my name is J.J. Jackson. On the program with me today, Tom Peavy, Camberry, and Brant Daughtry. Excited to have you here with us for the next few hours on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Coming up on today's show in about 15 minutes, we're going to be excited to chat with Jimmy Dykes of the SEC Network, a little off-season college basketball discussion. What stood out about the Tigers' championship run? What does the team look like going into next season? And more uh, with one of the best college basketball voices that you can hear from Jimmy Dykes back with us on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We'll have birthdays and sports. We'll have our nightly TV guide. We'll have best and worst of the weekend. We've got a lot of things that we're going to be able to accomplish here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. As we celebrate the weekend in Auburn athletics, the Tigers uh, were on their way to advancing to the Serpa Regionals in college baseball. Very productive offensive outing for Butch Thompson's bunch. And then Mother Nature had a thing to say, and last night's game was suspended. That game is currently back in action, back in progress. On to the ninth inning. You can listen to it on FM Talk 93.9 FM. The Tigers have a 9-4 lead and are three defensive outs away from having their first dog pile at Plainsman Park since 1999. That was Butch Thompson's message all week long with his club. We're trying to get that first dog pile at Plainsman Park in the 21st century. So we'll discuss that. And your phone calls, of course, always welcome. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 888 9 Happy Monday to you, Tom Peavy. How are you? Uh, I will be great in three more outs. Uh, all of y'all can attest. Dude, I'm with you. I mean, oh, man. there's It just feels like, well, first of all, with Auburn sports, you just don't feel yeah. like there's any yeah. lead that's safe. Yeah. But then when you look at the regionals that, that have been going on all across the country and you see some of the crazy comebacks in it that have happened in that, a 9 to nothing lead can disappear very quick. And I had this huge fear, this just dread, that, that Mother Nature was going to come in and Auburn was going to come out flat and that UCLA might be able to take advantage of it. Because you right. remember, UCLA had already played a game earlier in the day yep. and then had to turn around and play Auburn. And that Those, was to our advantage at the time. That was definitely to our advantage. But now, you know, that gave UCLA a chance to go and rest and kind of get themselves refreshed and ready to go. And, you know, Auburn had all the momentum going on their side. Most definitely. And I had a, I was fearful that they might come out flat and UCLA might come out refreshed, and that's kind of what it looks like. Auburn has not been able to get the bats going. UCLA's bats have definitely come alive, and they have been able to cut a 9-0 to lead to 9-4. to uh, Fortunately, Auburn is able to stop the bleeding, 
we're to the ninth. We just need three outs. I'd love Auburn to get some insurance runs, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I won't be completely good until these last three outs are done. Uh, other than that, I will be a nervous wreck. Outside of that, great. Um, spent Saturday, watched the game Saturday from uh, up on the uh, parking deck yeah. with, with our good friend Plainsman Parking Lot, Kevin Ives and his whole crew. What we can talk about are Friday and Saturday and exactly. just how absolutely dominant yeah. this oh Auburn Tigers Lord. offense has been. Games. 40 runs in two games. Ugh. We have a monthly prediction how many runs would <laughs> Auburn score in the regional. <laughs> and the highest guess was 27. Yeah, 27. And so 27 is going to get the point. The lowest guess was eight, and Tom, that was you. You went low <laughs> with the Sonny Deshira batting average in May, and it yeah. paid off for you. But going low with the Tigers' offense in your June monthly predictions, not so much. They no. really came to play this weekend at Plainsman Park, which was great to see. Yeah, uh, and, and broke records. This It wasn't just that they came alive. They, they yeah. did things that were record-breaking. So uh, 40 runs in those first two games uh, tied the SEC record for NCAA tournament play. Uh, tied a LSU team from uh, several years back with the 40 runs. Um, so you had that record. Cole Foster on Friday pulled off a feat that has only ever been accomplished three times in Major League Baseball. Oddly enough, it was done earlier in the day with East Carolina, but he hits a home run. Uh, he hits two home runs in the first inning, one from right-handed box, one from the left-handed box. So something that very rarely happens. Then he follows it up with another home run. Cole Foster was literally a solo shot away yeah. from hitting for the home run cycle. Yeah, A three-run homer, a grand slam, a two-run homer. All he needed was a solo shot. Sonny DeShera has been an absolute monster. And Saturday, I watched him hit. This is, it was actually the first time I'd actually gotten to see Sonny DeShera hit a home run live. I've seen plenty on TV, but the games I've been to, he never hit one. The one that I watched him hit Saturday may have been one of the longer balls I've ever seen hit at Plainsman Park yep. live anyway. Yep. Um, He's so an he, impressive player to watch. He is. He has been great. And then your pitching performances have been great. Uh, I mean, last night, last night you give up a leadoff double, and then you don't give up another hit until Mother Nature comes in and you right. get 10 strikeouts. Mason so, Barnett was sensational. He's absolutely. had an up-and-down season for Auburn, but it was really good in that moment to see him come through the way he did. Career-high so, 10 strikeouts for Mason Barnett. It, it has, Auburn has been just completely, just totally impressive. Woken up at exactly just, the right time. Yes, they've gotten hot at the right time. But, again, we need to finish it off. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's the big thing. Finish it off. You, it, it, can, it can be as pretty as it wants to, but if you don't finish the deal, then it doesn't matter. Cam, let's get back to you. How was, uh, how was your weekend? Good. Very good weekend. Nice, relaxing weekend. Um, you know, watch some, like, uh, like Tom said, watch some Auburn baseball. will be a lot better once uh, Auburn kind of closes this out against UCLA and, and gets that dog pile for the uh, regional. Um, watch the NBA Finals yesterday. Um, watch the uh, Golden State Warriors even it up. So it uh, looks like we definitely will have a series on our hands. Definitely excited to watch that as it progresses. And uh, I think it's definitely going to go seven. So it's going to be great. But, yeah, really good weekend. And just a quick, it looks like Auburn trying yeah. to get some offense going. Uh, Bello uh, was second first, and then uh, Rambush had a double. And so you got second and third. No outs. Yeah, second and third with no outs. So maybe Auburn can – uh, get some of those runs back. Uh, yeah. And I hate to say insurance. You're, you're, you're up nine to four. We, but let's get some insurance here and, and stretch that out. And We will give one final update for the Auburn baseball game going into our commercial break. 
And then coming back out of the break, we're going to have Jimmy Dykes of the SEC Network and ESPN. We're going to be grateful for his time. We will only talk about basketball with Jimmy Dykes (laughs) in the SEC. So saying that – I can't ask him about his curveball. If if you've got any Auburn base, what's going on in the game, flip over to FM Talk 93.9, and we will give you updates on the other side of our conversation with Jimmy Dykes. But a basketball conversation is coming up here in just a little bit. Brant, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, You guys have been – Pretty much talking about it. I've been watching a lot of sports over the weekend. Uh, Auburn baseball in the middle of finishing the drill right now, uh, trying to add on in this top of the ninth, and then three more outs to get. And you've got one of the best closer, probably arguably the best closer in the Southeastern Conference uh, coming back out, and he's going to try to get three more outs, and he's done it before. He can do it again, I genuinely believe. So we'll see how that ends up. Uh, I've got, I'm hopeful. Uh, I'm not panicking, but it wouldn't take much for me to get there. So we're... Uh, <laughs> You know, we're just hanging on for the ride right now, which is kind of what I've been doing since I started watching sports. See, here's the thing. I, I was Saturday up on the parking deck. I was nervously pacing when Auburn was up 15 to 5, I think oh, yeah. it was. Yeah. I was still nervously pacing. So was everybody else, and that was the conversation. And then, of course, uh, they would start chipping away, and they'd get right, runs. Right. And everybody's mentioning all these uh, big comebacks. No. And they're like, hey, did you see what LSU did to uh, – to, to Kennesaw State, yeah. did you see what such and such did to them? What this team did here, you know, all these huge comebacks, and so, it, you know, it's just it was one of those things. You were just nervous until you finally got it done. They just got to run back a sack fly from Cole Foster. It's ten four for the Auburn Tigers. Let's uh, yesterday LFG. we saw. Speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of comebacks, yesterday we saw. A twelve nothing Missouri State lead over Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's crazy, to which man. Oklahoma State came back from down twelve nothing and they won twenty nine to fifteen. A true football <laughs> oh score, but they uh, they won twenty nine to fifteen. Gracious, uh, won by two touchdowns there in that one. So well, twenty one to seven for Auburn Saturday. Yes. another true football score. Yes, no doubt about that. And against Florida State, a team we've seen oh, on the Florida Gridiron State. a good number of times. Runs, dude, that's um, just. Yeah, that happened over the weekend. That happened over the weekend. All right, so we're going to chat with Jimmy Dykes here in just a little bit. Uh, We haven't talked to him in about a year. He's he's been a guest on the program multiple times before, but uh, really get a chance to catch up with him, hear what he thinks about this SEC championship run for Auburn basketball. And uh, it's a good setup for us because we've got big news. On tomorrow's show, Bruce Pearl is going to stop by. So Bruce Pearl will once again be live on Sports Call tomorrow when we're on the air and so uh, why not talk about the tigers men's basketball program with one of the sec network's finest college basketball analyst jimmy dykes when he joins us here in just a little bit he's seen a lot of basketball players over his day just how impressive was jabari smith's freshman season for the orange and blue we'll ask him about that and more coming up here in just a little bit so uh yeah that's our final Chat there. It looks like Deshera just had an RBI single, so Auburn has an 11-4 lead in the top of the ninth. Again, no baseball updates for you <laughs> for about 20 minutes or so, and uh, we'll chat with Jimmy Dykes on the other side of this break. That's coming up next here on Sports Call. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. 
I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. It's Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Cam, Tom, and Brant. As uh, we want to let you know that all of our Sports Call guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As we go to our Auburn Bank phone line, our next guest needs no introduction. A good friend of the program. Been a little bit since we've had the opportunity to catch up with him. We're so excited to welcome in Jimmy Dykes of the SEC Network here into Sports Call on this Monday afternoon. Jimmy, we appreciate the time. How are you today? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? I can't complain. Things are going well for us uh, here on the plates. It's busy college baseball time, but we wanted to get a chance to talk a little hoops with you here on this Monday to, to kind of talk about this Auburn basketball program and the direction that they're going. Didn't get a whole lot of opportunities to catch up with you this past season, but a regular season title for the Auburn men's basketball program. What stood out to you about Auburn's run this past season, Jimmy? Yeah, it's hard to win a regular season title, and I place more value as an analyst on that title than I do a tournament title because you've proven yourself over you know, a period of eight or nine weeks, arguably in one of the most difficult conferences in the country. So you know, Auburn was terrific all regular season long, and I think I ended up winning, what, 28 games, I believe, and had a great, great year and did not finish the year. Uh, like I'm sure Auburn fans wanted to, or Bruce Pearl, or anybody associated with the program, the SEC overall didn't show up well in March Madness. You know, when you only get one of your teams, Arkansas, to that second weekend, that's 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 not the standard that they set for themselves. Sure. But, I mean, that league was so good all year long, and Auburn was terrific. They were again, they're they're hard to play against, and they're fun to watch as an analyst. And you know, that, that combination of Smith and Kessel was really something special. We won't see a combination like that for probably a long, long time again. That, uh, any team in college basketball, you're talking about most likely the number one pick in the draft or another first-round guy playing side-by-side. Side. Those are, those are, that's the kind of talent that makes a year special, and Auburn certainly had one. Uh, you mentioned Jabari Smith. You also mentioned the potential of being the number one pick. Uh, what was it about Jabari and just his game that really stood out to you and made him so special? I think his ability to get his own shot off about any time he wanted to. You know, he he got better as the year went on, uh, doing stuff off the bounce. Because early that wasn't his strength. Uh, but he learned to, you know, get, a, get get away from pressure and drive the ball hard and affect the game more than just the beautiful jump shooter that he is. So, you know, I, I, it's, I, he's going to be right there. If he's not taking number one, he's going to be two or three. It probably really doesn't matter at the end of the day. But I know he's got all the potential and all the things you look for as an NBA scout to have a long-time NBA career. Those those guys are hard to find, man. It's, it's hard to play in that league 10 or 12 years at a high level like he's going to do and produce every game that he's on the floor. So uh, I think he's a special kid. I think he's very competitive. I, I saw him fight. I, I saw him have the toughness about him. Uh, you know, is, he, is his skill level completely finished? No, but nobody has come out of college. He's got to work on his 
ability still to drive the ball through contact and all that stuff is going to happen for him at the NBA. But his jump shot's as good as I've seen for a kid that size in a long, long, long time. It's hard to even find someone to compare him to in terms of his size and his ability to shoot it like he can. Jimmy, you touched on Jabari Smith. With him and Walker Kessler going to the NBA draft, uh, Auburn's got some holes to fill. Do you think that the new guys coming in will be able to replace enough of that production for uh, Auburn to compete in the league next year, or do you think that uh, Auburn basketball is going to slide a little bit? No, they're going to compete. I mean, as long as Bruce Pearl's there, they're going to be a factor in that SEC. Uh, but you mentioned you lose the number one pick in Walker Kessler, and you replace him with most likely Johnny Broom, who's good player. I had him as a freshman at Moorhead State. He's a good player. Uh, and probably the freshman five-star kid, Trey Orr, however you say his last name, I'm not familiar with that yet, but I'm not sure you're you're going to be able to replace Smith and Kessler. Uh, so what that means is those other guys got to come back better. Flanagan, Jasper, Green, Johnson, Williams, Cardwell, those guys got to be better than they were a year ago. And that ultimately that's what cost Auburn you start looking at how they finished the season, not just their loss to Miami, but what happened to them late in the year in the SEC tournament. That guard play has got to get better. And I expect it will be. Those kids are tough kids, and they're hardworking kids, and they got a chip on their shoulder with something to prove. But you're going to offset the loss of, of uh, Kessler and Smith, not with two guys. It's going to be the other eight or nine guys that all, that all get better and produce in, in games like they need to do. It's a really new team for the Auburn Tigers this past season. A lot of new pieces coming in. We mentioned Javari Smith and Walker Kessler, what they were able to do. Let's touch on a little bit more for Walker Kessler, Jimmy. Uh, glad that you're here with us on this program. Again, Jimmy Dykes, our guest here on this Monday edition of Sports Call. But to be the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, a terrific shot blocker, a good player around the rim offensively as well. Just really how impressed were you? Because what we saw from Kessler as a freshman playing for UNC was a little bit of a different player and didn't have as much of the playing opportunity there with the Tar Heels. Yeah, his role changed at Auburn, you know, and his, his game fit perfectly with how Bruce wants to play. And the, the Broom kid's going to be good now defensively. I, I'm not going to say he's Walker Kessler, but uh, he's awfully good. And you look at his block rate last year, I think it was top 10 in the country. And uh, that, that defensive position around that, around that rim with Broom and Cardwell, they're going to be fine there. Walker Kessler was so unique in terms of it wasn't just his ability to block shots, but he could really cover out on the floor and switch on ball screens, stay in front of the ball. He impacted that game in so many ways defensively, more than just a shot blocker. And his ability to his ability to run and stay involved in the flow of the game and, and Auburn very few times had to play four on five because he was trailing play. Like he was a special kid. And that's those kind of guys are hard to find, and uh, not not everyone that puts their name in the transfer portal, it works out as seamlessly and as well as it did for Walker Kessler, but he used it to his advantage really, really well. He found the right fit. He got the right minutes. He got the right coach to believe in his style and what he wanted to be, and he certainly blossomed under Bruce Pearl for eight or nine months that he was there at Auburn. Jimmy, you said um, you expect the guard play to really take a next step coming into the season. Who do you expect to really, um, you know, have an impact next season and really take that next step? Which guard or guards do you expect? Well, it's got to be all of them. You know, it can't, they, they all have to get better. 
and you can just kind of go through and look at their numbers or watch their game film and you know, I'm not going to get into critiquing how every one of them needs to get better, but, but Flanagan, Jasper, Green, Johnson, all, all those guys have areas they need to improve, and they will. That's just the that's the general progression in college basketball guys that stay. They, they identify their weakness and they they go to work at it. You know, uh, if not, then like that. I haven't seen the kid play, but the Donaldson kid they signed. A lot of good things I hear about him. Yeah, tough high school quarterback. He's a winner. Uh, and that's another reason why you get better because you got depth. You got guys that they can take your minutes if you're not producing. So, uh, but Bruce is such a good, such good with his staff in terms of player development and uh, and getting just overall improving their game from one season to the next. But uh, if that guard plays not better than it was a year ago, Auburn's in trouble. They, they, they will be in trouble. They will have slippage in the SEC. Huh. If, if it is better with the guys they have coming in and the transfers, they'll be right there battling for the number one spot again. So, uh, you know, we're talking about these current players. Back when Bruce Pearl took this program over, I mean, this has been an Auburn program that was, you know, outside of a couple of years here and there, you know, under uh, Cliff Ellis back in 99, 98. It's just a program that has not been very good. Have you been surprised at all that Bruce Pearl has been able to put this team on the map to where they're camping out outside of the Auburn arena? You're bringing in five-star guys. You're getting transfers from other schools that are five-star dudes. And, I mean, it's kind of become a a destination basketball program, it seems like. Uh, Is this surprised you, like, how quickly that Bruce Pearl has built this program into national prominence? Not not really, because I've known Bruce for a long time. You know, back when he was in Tennessee, he – did the same thing there, man. He injected energy and passion and pride into that fan base quickly. And, you know, you talk about Auburn's basketball history, not very good, but, you know, they are in a phenomenal league with phenomenal facilities, a great recruiting base within 200 miles of that campus. All the things were there for someone that knew what they were doing, like Bruce Pearl to come in and get it done. And he's as good as there is in the country and engaging with his fans on social media and in the student section. He's just pushed all the right buttons. And as a result, you know, Auburn Arena, you could argue, is one of the most difficult places to play in all in all of college basketball, not just in the SEC, but that's all that's all because of what the, the vision and uh, just the, the, the stubbornness, I think, that Bruce works with every day in terms of he knows exactly what his program is supposed to look like needs relentless in getting into that spot as quickly as possible. Are there any stories from your broadcasting career, Jimmy, at Auburn Arena under Bruce Pearl's tenure that, that stand out to you that kind of speak to the atmosphere or the arena vibe that's been created? Because it does feel like this year it kind of went to a whole nother level when you did have the students camping out the way they were, when the program did reach a number one overall ranking in the country that had never been done before. Any stories or anything like that come to mind, Jimmy? No, it's just such a... a, a fan-friendly atmosphere anytime you do a game there. I think it's maybe two – I think it was two years ago I did the game LSU at Auburn, and it's just a ferocious comeback by Auburn in the last two or three minutes. I think they sent the game into overtime, just one of those – Javon McCormick, electric, yeah. Yeah, electric atmosphere, man, that, that stands out. As I look back on my career, there's certain games like, man, that, that building was absolutely nuts, and – that was one of them that stands out. So, um, that, but that's just all the, the uh, again the the pride, the energy, the, the purpose that Auburn plays with on game day. 
I mean, you can you can feel it when they when they play, and not not every arena is like that. Like you can feel their team as a as someone just watching from the stands or on the right there at the court side, like I am, and that you get that you get that feeling going in your home home building. You're hard to beat. Auburn's got it going as well as anybody out there. Jimmy Dykes with the SEC Network joining us here on the program. A few more questions with Jimmy, always kind with his time. So, Jimmy, we take a look at this offseason for college basketball. Broom is coming in for the Auburn Tigers. Transfers really benefited from being able to play from Auburn uh, this past season. Saw something on ESPN a week or so ago looking at the total number of transfers that we've seen in college basketball this offseason. Over 1,500, more than four times as much as there were a decade ago. I mean, what are your overall thoughts on the landscape of college basketball? Well, it's, it's, it's player-friendly right now. There's not a better time to be a college athlete than right now because the NIL and the immediate uh, eligibility with the transfer portal, everything's in the, in the student-athlete's favor right now. And that, you know, good for them. Uh, but I, I, it's too early to say that this is the best move and the best direction for college athletics overall. We, we don't know. I know that the job the coaches have now is incredibly difficult, and it's easy to sit outside the room and, and not be a coach that has to deal with every day and, and throw ideas around and, and, and criticize and weigh in on what the sport should do or what athletics should be like in the college level. It's another thing to have to have to manage it every day like, like Bruce has to do and every coach in major college athletics has to, has to work their way through it right now. So I, I don't know if the transfer portal and the one-time eligibility, which seems to be not just one time, it seems to be like any time you want to transfer now, you're immediately eligible. And the NIL, I, I don't know if that's best for college athletics. No, no one does. We can, be, we can be told that this is best overall, but we don't know that for sure. And only time is going to tell. Let's get you out of here with this. We've talked over the years a lot about your friendship uh, from the Arkansas days and roots uh, with former Auburn football head coach Gus Malzahn. Jimmy, how you feeling about Malzahn and those UCF Knights as, as they get set for the second year of his era there? Yeah, he, he fell into the right job at the right time again. I mean, they're getting ready to join the Big 12. And if you've been on that campus and you've seen UCF right now, the success they've had, uh, I mean, you talk about a, a a job that could potentially jump up there and make a run at a college football playoff. Uh, I, I think he's sitting there getting ready to build it once again. I, I know he's really, uh, really re-energized uh, and joyful where he's at. Uh, I know he enjoyed his time in Auburn, but as you guys know, Auburn's a, Auburn's not an easy place to coach. And uh, it's, you know, Gus, Gus had a, Tremendous run there at Auburn, a lot of postseason success, more success against Nick Saban than I guess any other coach in the SEC during the time that they were there. I, but I know he's really happy at Central Florida. Just a phenomenal place to live, the, the weather, the recruiting, uh, all those things, man. He's uh, you, get, you get let go at Auburn and you land at UCF, and God's been good to you, and that's exactly <laughs> what he was to, to, to Gus Malzahn. Well, Jimmy, listen, we certainly do appreciate all the time, as always. It's always a great feeling when we get the chance to catch up with you here on the radio show. Uh, best blessings to you and your family. And, again, thank you for the time today on the show. All right, guys. Have a good, have a good week. All right. Thanks. That's our buddy Jimmy Dykes from the SEC Network joining us there 
on the program. Really fun conversation. Uh, looks like he's got a lot of faith in this Auburn men's basketball yeah. program. Yeah. Which well, is, and uh, he should. As I mean, he, should. he should. Well, you're... You're losing some great guys, but you return 60% of yeah. your production and you're getting some big-time dudes coming in. Yeah, I, I think I think they're going to keep rolling. And then to refresh memories there at the very end, to remind folks, Jimmy Dykes was the first athletic director to give Gus Malzahn an opportunity to coach football at the high school level. Pretty wild that to think crazy. about. Full circle. And uh, full circle indeed. Good decision by Jimmy Dykes. Yeah. A lot of high school championships there for Gus Malzahn. He turned it into a college football coaching career. All right, let's take a commercial break. Our show continues in a moment. Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. This is Jake Crane, host of The J-Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. Inside our studios here Our thanks again to Jimmy Dykes of the SEC Network for joining us there a moment ago to talk about this Auburn men's basketball team and what the future looks like. Again, Auburn men's basketball head coach Bruce Pearl will be on Sports Call tomorrow. You'll be able to listen to him right here on our airwaves. Tom, what out stood what stood out to you about anything that Jimmy Dykes had to say there? Uh, I, you know, I like his confidence. Uh, I have a lot of confidence in this team because I know the production that is coming back. Yeah, it, it stinks when you lose two guys, the caliber players of a Jabari Smith and a Walker Kessler. I mean, you just don't like that. Um, but if you're going to be a championship caliber team, you've got to get used to that because that's what Duke does every year. Kentucky does it every year. Kansas does it every year. Yep. If you're going to go after one and duns and get one and duns on your campus to play for you, you better be ready to pick up one and duns right behind them. You're not kidding. And it feels like Auburn is in that. Bruce Pearl and Auburn has gotten this program into the position to where you can lose a Jabari Smith and and a Walker Kessler, and you don't feel like that you're going to finish dead last in the conference. You've got guys that are ready to step right in, and then you hit the transfer portal uh, to get a guy like Johnny Broom. You go and you you poach LSU uh, for one of their top five star players. Once they go on, uh, once they get in trouble with the NCA, you go and poach one of their top five star players. Again, I say you miss Jabari Smith. Well, now you you just go ahead and turn around and bring in the second highest rated player to ever sign with Auburn. So you got Jabari, the top rated player ever, and now you get the second highest rated player ever. Why not? Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he has built this thing into something to where you can lose those caliber guys and not sweat because you just feel like that you you got guys that can jump in and and keep it rolling. So that was a big thing that I, I liked is the is his confidence is kind of in line with mine that this program feels like it's in a pretty darn good position right now to to not have to rebuild but to reload. And he talked about Walker Kessler, how impressive it was for him to have the season that he had transferring over from North Carolina. You've got Broom now coming in, who was also a top-five shot blocker in the country along with Walker Kessler. So, in a way, this is turning into plug-and-play for Coach Pearl as he goes year by year, uh, which is the best. If you want to have that sustained success – 
That's exactly what you're looking for in a sport like college basketball, and it seems like the Tigers are set up to do that. Absolutely. It feels like going forward that Bruce Pearl has just got this thing set up. You know, He's going to keep turning out great players, and I think he's found a nice balance of get some guys that are good but not good enough for yep. the NBA, guys get the experience the in there, program. get the playing time. And then that's who, that's who you build your program around, and then you plug and play with these one and dones, these mega talents that are going to push you over the top and let you run super deep, and let you make super deep runs in the tournament. Because uh, I don't think that Wendell Green Jr. or Katie Johnson are going anywhere for a yeah. while. Uh, so there's there's two big time guards that are going to be in Auburn uniforms for a while. So you get that guard experience and you place you place around them younger, maybe more talented guys, and let them be the veteran leaders. They were super young last year. They have a lot of time to improve. We talked about how they kind of fell a little bit down the stretch, but I, I think as you go forward, they're going to be better and better as the lights get brighter. And I think that Auburn's in a really good spot with Bruce Pearl for a long time. The one thing I was going to say, part of that, <clears throat> excuse me, part of that downfall last year was just that lack of shooting, and, and yeah, a lot of that just yeah. comes from the guards. Bruce Pearl said it himself after the season. He he just said they they shot the ball like crap. Yeah, very poorly. Yeah. Um, There's, those are good shooters. Yes. They just didn't they just didn't shoot like it? Right. And so you you have to wonder if they kind of find that groove back. You're you feel like you're fine on the inside now with Treor and uh, and Broom. How do you pronounce his name again? Johan. Yeah. Johan Treor. Treor. Yes. Treor. Yes. And Treore. Janibro. And Janibro. Okay. Janai is the one that I forgot how to pronounce <laughs> we've been we've been so out of basketball now that i gotta yeah. we'll get back into it Janai coach bro. pearl will whip us into shape tomorrow oh, yeah <laughs> yeah we'll i hate, be ready that, for I hate that. that i'm not gonna be here for that one you'll um, be able to listen to it on I will the sports call podcast or live whenever you'd listen, like to and listen to that look i'm a company man i gotta uh, do the plug uh, yeah i was gonna hey, say <laughs> i want to say this though because uh I, I made us turn off all baseball speaking alerts and verbal updates or that sort of thing. <laughs> and we do have a phone call that's been waiting for quite some time, so I want to get to the phone call uh, here in just a second. But Auburn baseball won. They, they won. They sure did. They beat UCLA 11-4. to They're going to the Super Regionals. It's the first dog pile in Plainsman Park for the Auburn Tigers since 1999. They did not dog pile, though. They didn't dogpile. Around yeah. the mound, they were jumping up but and down. Jumping up and down, and then they did a they victory did a lap victory around Plainsman Park. Awesome. So they did not follow their coach's instructions um, <laughs> as he was requesting a dog pile at Plainsman Park for the first time <laughs> since 1999. Well, um, but still. We're cur- but currently but rooting for the get, Vanderbilt Commodores. You don't want to get, get anybody that. hurt in a dog pile. True. They didn't, it's not it's like fair. they just won the World Series. We still got Super Regional and then we'll hopefully the World Series. So yeah. don't injure yourself inside of a dog pile. <laughs> still got to play again. Game. Yeah, right. But Let's a big go. win at home for yes, the Auburn Tigers. Right. Dominating series. 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 if you want to call in and be a part of the program as we go to our Auburn Bank phone line. James from Montgomery. All right. Our very good friend James from Montgomery has called into the show today. James, it's so good to hear from you. Auburn baseball a winner. How are you today? James, are you there with us? All right, we have lost our connection there with James, so we <laughs> that will. Sounds uh, like an emphatic note. <laughs> we we will try to get back to James uh, momentarily, but uh, I guess that gives us an opportunity to talk about the Auburn team, who Sweet. are feeling super as they're heading to the Super Regionals, and Brody Moore was named the regional MVP, the shortstop for the Auburn yeah. Tigers. Gets regional MVP honors, and yeah. and, and it could have been it could have been. Anybody up and down yeah. that roster for them because Cole Foster 
I mean, have you a series, bud? Coming back Switch off of an injury, hit, yeah, in the same inning. Switch hitting home runs in the same inning. Um, uh, I mean, just an incredible performance by him. Sonny Deshara had struggled all the month of May. JJ mentioned how I had predicted his batting average low for month of May in the predictions, and it was even lower than what I predicted. So I mean, he was he was really struggling. That dude was just. So I, I don't want to say swinging the lumber because they're not wood bats, but <laughs> we'll say, I mean, just raking. Yeah. Um, Cole Foster, Sonny Deshara, Nate LaRue. Yeah. Nate LaRue with a great series. Casey yeah. Howell with a great series. The pitching was there. This Brody was, Moore. Brody Moore. I mean, this this was the this was the full package of Auburn baseball of what they can do and what they are capable of. And, again, let's also mention, these were not like podunk little teams oh. – that you're just supposed to mash. I mean, they they this was Florida State. This was UCLA. I mean, these were teams. Southeast Louisiana. They would Did be they a, get in through their conference championship. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yeah. They would be a team that Auburn would play a midweek game right. against. That that's sure. a midweek team. Uh, FSU and a UCLA would be series. Those, right. those would if you were to do that, that would be a three game series yep. against these teams, not a midweek. Mm-hmm. Um. FSU threw a guy who was an all-conference pitcher. Yeah. And, and Auburn he made an just inning and a third. Yeah. 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 Auburn just that, that blasted was, him. Yeah. That, that was that – you said it, but this is Auburn at its best. Yeah. This was this team doing everything it could perfectly. To hit a absolute um, perfect stride at the yeah. very right time. You're, you're hot – you are now about. hot at the right time. Right. And that's Which exactly is what we talked about yeah, during all the right. basketball season. And, but, <laughs> I mean – And that's I, what we talked about on Friday as well, what we said, what we expected from – from this team when they when they were hosting the regional we said come on like you know we we know y'all struggled throughout the entirety of the month of may the entire team did um as a whole and to come back and come out like this to kind of flip the switch pitching hitting everything to hit that perfect stride and really dominate the regional like they did is something to be extremely what, proud of. 50 runs in three games? Yeah, 50, something like that. I mean, that's just I mean, ridiculous. I mean, a 33-run yeah. 30 spread. I mean, just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's also not forget, this is a team that was picked almost dead last in the West. Right, yeah. Exactly. Almost dead last in the West. Now you're going to a Super Regional. It's still a, a chance to even host a Super Regional if Vanderbilt can take care of business against Oklahoma, or against Oregon State. Otherwise, Auburn's got to make that long trip out west. But I mean, I mean getting I mean, the opportunity is phenomenal. If oh, Auburn, yeah, you're you're happy just to go to a super, but if you can host it, I mean, that's sure. Uh, yeah. But the thing is, if Auburn if Auburn can can sustain the level of play that they are at right now, oh, they're going to be hard to beat. Oh, oh yeah, I, I don't oh, yeah. I don't care who they face if they can if they can play at that level, they are going to be tough to beat. Uh, it's a matter of keeping it going and. Um, you know, but they, I mean, their confidence has got to be high, especially at the plate. Has to be. I, I mean, they, those dudes up and down they that lineup, they're just the seeing the ball, yeah. making great kind of having great at bats. There, there's a lot of those, a lot of those coming with two outs or two strikes, and and they're able to get the ball in. Yeah. One thing that I was critical of with Auburn, and a lot of people had been critical of Auburn, especially with the Kentucky series and that loss to Kentucky in the first game of the SEC tournament was the fact that they left so many players yeah, on base. Couldn't manufacture now, runs. Right. Now in this series, they left a lot of they they left a lot on base. However, they were also yeah. scoring yes, a lot. For sure. So they were getting when you, those when kids. you get twenty one runs in, you have a ton of base runners. <laughs> right. So you're you're gonna some some are gonna you're be gonna left, leave a couple. But yeah. still, I mean 
great overall from the right. team. Yeah. But but the thing is, against Kentucky, you would get bases loaded right. with no outs yeah. and not get any runs. Finish. You you right. would get second and third with one out, and you could not scratch those across. Against in this regional, you were getting those situations, and you were getting them across, right. and getting them even across even more and more and more, and then took advantage of some mistakes that the other teams made as well. Uh, Florida State had a lot of fielding errors. I, I think they, they had, had three, four, three or four, three or four errors, but you took advantage of them. Yep. So it it was the. I don't think Auburn could have played any better in the regional outside of the bullpen giving up some scratch runs that ultimately didn't matter because Auburn already had such a huge lead. Right. I guess that if there's only one negative you could say is like, okay, well you gave up seven. Okay, well, you yeah. scored 21. Yeah. It'd have been by, nice to only give up you had, one, but by the time you yeah. had those seven runs, the bullpen was in there just just throw strikes. Yeah, just, just get, get, get the game over. Yeah. Pretty much. So, congratulations to Auburn, congratulations to coach Butch Thompson, congratulations yeah. to all those guys yes. on that team. Uh so and now all eyes on Corvallis, and let's see if Vandy can yeah. take care of business. Oregon State currently a one nothing lead over Vanderbilt in the top of the third inning. If that score holds, Auburn would travel to Corvallis, Oregon. Oregon State would be the home team. Remember, we're going to talk about this if Auburn is hosting or not. Once you get to Super Regional Weekend, even if Auburn plays at Oregon State this weekend, Saturday's game, game two of the series, Auburn will be the home team. Yep. If Auburn hosts Vanderbilt this weekend, Saturday's game, game two of the series, Vanderbilt would be the home team. This has always right. been a rule. I don't want that to throw people like it's It's not necessarily a three-game series on the road versus at home because right. you could still have, as Auburn did the last time Auburn went to a Super Regional in 2019 against Georgia Tech, Auburn hit a walk-off home run against Georgia Tech in their building. Yeah. Like, it, it ju- this is crazy for the yeah. NCAA tournament that, uh, yes, you want to play in front of your fans. That's the biggest thing of this. But Auburn can still and would still be the visiting right. team in some scenarios. And, and in the NCAA puts regulations on these host sites that you can't make it. Now, it's going to obviously be a home field advantage because it's your crowd, but right. you can't do all of your other. No walk-up songs. No, the, none of the walk-up songs. Um, you know, one of the things I noticed uh, – Saturday. They, they did play Sonny Deshera's walk-up music in game game one of the tournament. Oh, I, think. That, I think that was well. <laughs> they they, they, that's FSU how they played it during. The they did it was mad. FSU. Yeah, coach got mad. Yeah, yeah. so um, I can get mad. But you know, uh, the end of the game Saturday night, they didn't do any of the the LED light show thing yeah. that mm-hmm. you do after those night. None of that. You have to play Florida State's fight song when they do good. You play Auburn's fight song when they do something good. So you have to make it not a complete home field advantage because yes, at that time Florida State was technically the home team even though they're playing here. But aside from all that, uh, I'm just – I'm so happy for Auburn. I, I'm so happy for Auburn to be able to yeah. see them play this and really leave no doubt. I know I was nervous, as most Auburn fans are anyway. That's just how we're built, I think, is to be nervous until the very last second. Yes, um, I agree. So even outside of the nervousness, it was not nail-biting let's, nervousness. Let's get a phone call before the end of the hour. 334-887-3401. Joining us now... Die Hard Die. Our buddy Die Hard Die has called into the show. What's going on, man? Hey, War Eagle. Hey, thank you Friday night to get me uh, get us squared away for the time for the... Yeah, no doubt. Friday. No doubt. War Eagle. <laughs> Turned out to be a good one. So I just wanted to get y'all's thoughts on... I've been in Auburn for a long time, and I've mainly been football and i think that's really all auburn's been but i just want to get your thoughts 
on Auburn kind of struggling and going through uh, identity crisis. And I know, you know, Bruce Pearl is, is amazing. So I kind of know the answer for that. But with Auburn going through football craziness, do you think that's why kids are camping out for basketball games, these baseball games? I've never seen anything like it out, out in the outfield, that little new section they have out there with the gravel and tables and 200 kids having parties and throwing bags. And, I mean, just awesome, awesome. Um, just getting your thoughts on how all, of, all the students are coming together on the other sports. Uh, is it because of lacking of, of baseball? Is just times are changing, the sun's getting closer to earth? What's going on? What's your opinion. Thank you. Bye. Uh, Thanks for the call, Die Hard Die. Good to hear from you. Uh, all right, so uh, this is not going to be a – okay, well, the, part of this is a popular opinion. Part of this is not a popular opinion. you got two minutes left in the hour to make this point, and we can I, carry it over into the as next as hour. Pat, as Pat Die said, Alabama fans love Alabama football. Auburn fans love Auburn. Yep. That really holds true. Auburn fans really come together and support these teams. Now, that being said, basketball and baseball are still behind football in popularity, and they're the ones that – no matter what, those teams have to be good. If they are not doing good, then the people are not going to show up for those games. Football could be in the doldrums of doldrums, and the people are still going to go and watch Auburn football. With basketball and baseball, if they are not successful, then they're going to have trouble drawing crowds. But the fact that they are successful or why you're seeing the uh, the crowds and the excitement that you are for them. And you could say the exact same, th- same thing for gymnastics. Uh, I mean, it, it, Yes, gymnastics is not a popular sport, but when you get somebody like Suni Lee and Darren Goburn and that group and they are doing what they're doing, then you're going to pack Auburn Arena for a gymnastics meet. And that's just simply the way it is. But that's not really anything that's strictly Auburn. I mean, you could say that for anybody. Alabama, as much as they love Alabama football, when their baseball team starts playing good, they get excited about Alabama baseball. Yeah, unfortunately, they weren't very good this year. Anyway, good. Um, <laughs> if you look, I think if you look at history, well – well, let's touch on camping out before the Kentucky game. That wasn't just because Auburn was really good. That was because Auburn was number two in the country, should have been number one the week before, but they were playing against the top five. What was Kentucky at the time? Like number eight in the country yes. or something like that. So you're playing against the top ten team. You were number two. You know if you win that game, you're going to be number one. So that's where that excitement comes from. But I really think, I think Tom hit the nail on the head. If, if a sport is good, then Auburn fans are going to show up. Auburn's a super passionate fan base. They've got a big fan base. I, I just think if I think if it's good, people are going to show up. Uh, and you're yeah. right, football. I I went to a couple of the games in 2012. That was miserable, but I still went. Um, but I, I think it's going to be the. I think it's going to be one of those things where if the team is good, people are going to show up. And I think a lot of it too goes back to the coaches that are leading the program yes. as yes. well, because Auburn has had some Everybody really loves good Bruce programs. That don't buy in, but not just that people love them, that Bruce Pearl talks about a vision of Auburn being the toughest place to play in all of college basketball and takes steps to making that happen. Butch Thompson put Operation Atmosphere into effect this season to make Plainsman Park a really difficult place to play, and it turned out to work in his favor. Yeah. Just great stuff by the Auburn coaching staffs to make Auburn uh, the baseball and basketball programs that they are. All right, we've reached the end of hour number one. Again, thanks to Jimmy Dykes for stopping by. We are got more of your phone calls coming up here in just a few moments as well, alongside Cam Berry, Brant Daughtry, and Tom Peavy. My name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling.
One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Kim Berry. Uh, thanks again to Jimmy Dykes of the SEC Network for joining us on the program a little bit earlier today. Congrats to Auburn baseball. The Auburn baseball team won against UCLA Ooh. today. They're going to the Super Regionals. It was the first Auburn baseball regional victory at home since 1999. A long time coming for the Auburn Tigers, but they get the win and onward they go to the Super Regionals. Let's take your phone calls. 334-887-3401. James from Montgomery. James has called into the program today. Hi, James. Hello, and War Eagle. War Eagle, buddy. Good win for yeah. Auburn today. Yes, it is. It is a great win for Auburn, the first time since 1999. I know Butch Thompson, I know he's going to be happy about that. And I'm just going to see how Auburn, where Auburn stands actually in the regionals and who we're going to play when that time actually comes to be determined. Yeah, this upcoming weekend, Auburn will play in the Super Regionals. We've left the regionals, now Auburn will play in the Super Regionals. And we'll find out in just a little bit if it's going to be the Oregon State Beavers or if it's going to be the Vanderbilt Commodores? Uh, I mean, that game, I think that game will be played tonight. It's playing um, right now. It's going on right now. Okay, so I'll probably say, I'll have to say, I'll probably say that Auburn and Vanderbilt might meet up again. In the Super Regionals. In the Super Regionals, and okay. Auburn would win that one as well, because with Auburn, I know with Butch Thompson winning so many so many games over the years. This will be our first time winning a super a super regional in Auburn program history. So that will be a really good. No, we, we've won a couple of them. It'll be the first time we've won a super regional since 2019. Oh, okay. Yes, I actually did remember. Yes, that, we won a that, super regional in 2019, and we got to go to the College World Series. Yes, I did remember that one as well. That was one of the best. Uh, moments in Auburn uh, baseball program history. You're exactly right. I remember that one, and that was a really good game as well. saw that one on uh, ESPN, uh, I think it was like two years back. In 2019. In 2019, so that was was pretty good. So if we win this one and beat Vanderbilt, then we'll edge our names in, in baseball history as well. Yep, and we would get to go to the College World Series if they win the Super Regional. But if Oregon State wins, then we play Oregon State in the Super Regionals. Yeah, so that's going to be kind of hard to to see Auburn and Oregon State actually play. But I'll probably say it will have to stay in the SEC for now. 
yeah, we'll we'll obviously see how this game turns out and uh, and go from there. What else you got for us today? Well, I was watching the NBA Finals uh, yesterday, and I'm very disappointed in the um, in the Celtics last night. They did not make a good win, but I'm not going to give my hopes on the Boston Celtics. I know that it will be what Game Three. Correct this on Wednesday. Week. This coming up Wednesday, so I'll have. Uh, uh, the Celtics winning game three, four, five, six, and seven to make those. Uh, yeah, make those, they uh, wouldn't even need to win all of those. If they won game three, four, and five, it would be over. They would be NBA champions. It's yeah, the so first I team have, to get four wins. Yeah, so I have uh, I have game three to the, tomorrow, game four, five, and six. So if they win those those four, then they're good. Yeah, they would just need to win three of them. Yeah, so I'll probably say game three, four, and five. There you go. And then they would be NBA champions. Yeah, so I'm just keeping my fingers crossed and seeing what uh, Jason Tatum is going to do with uh, Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry, he's going to – I think Jason Tatum, I think they're going to slow him down as well. I think they're going to slow Steph Curry down as well and just – Tatum shot the ball a little bit better last night, but he finished with a plus or minus of minus 36, which is the worst in NBA Finals history. Yeah, that is that is very very tough to see. Got to improve a that. Team. Yeah, so they'll improve it Wednesday as well. And then with the uh, women's basketball, they're doing the All Star break for uh, the women's basketball game, so I will be able to see that. I already put in my votes and uh, seeing who's actually going to be winning uh, MVP for that game as well for WNBA All Stars. Yeah, so this will be my second time actually watching it this year as well. Yeah, it, it'll be played on July 10th, so we're still a little bit away from that All-Star weekend. But uh, Sunday, July 10th, ABC will televise the uh, WNBA All-Star game. Yeah, So, so over I've a month already, away. Yeah, so I already put in my votes and uh, seeing who's going to actually get the MVP in the WNBA as well. Yep, that's right. And then with my Texas Rangers, we do play today. So I'm hoping that we'll win today as well. So I'm just keeping my keeping my hopes alive to see, keeping my hopes in the team uh, to see if they're going to make it, you know, to, to actually to the road to the World Series as well. So I think they might win tonight as well. Who's that? Uh, the Texas Rangers. Okay, yeah. Yeah, They've. Uh, they've. it's a long baseball season. We won't see the MLB World Series until – October, November, but uh, they, they've got to keep winning games, obviously, at this time of year to make that happen. Yes, yeah, as well. And then with the Auburn football season right around the corner, I've heard some really good news that we're actually having a new quarterback coming to the Auburn uh, Tigers football team this coming up uh, season. Yeah. And, um, yes, I know he's uh, – I know he played for um, – Jimbo Fisher for uh, Texas A&M. That's right. So I'm going to probably see how he do with uh, with Auburn as well and uh, seeing if he's uh, if it's going to be a good fit as well. His name is Zach Calzada. Yeah, so I think uh, Calzada is going to be a really good fit for Auburn, and I see great things coming out of Calzada this season. That's what we're hopeful for. It'd be big time. The Tigers got a big wide receiver transfer commit. Uh, and Coy Moore over the weekend, uh, adding depth to that room, which was much needed, mm-hmm. and and uh, they'll be able to move on from there. Yes. Now, what about do we need any help in the punting return um, 
spot or we're just good with the same guy that we had for almost a year and a half. Uh, every time they go into a football season, uh, Auburn and, and most coaching staffs like to go in with an open competition, and I'm, I'm sure they'll settle on a pretty good punt return. I know Coy Moore did it a little bit at LSU. He's got some experience back there, and Auburn's got other experienced guys that could be their, their deep man. Donovan Kaufman returned a couple of punts a season ago. He's back for Auburn this season. So punt returner is very important. You ever tried to catch a punt before, James? Uh, no, I haven't. That ball I... is way up there in the sky when you're trying to get <laughs> under it and catch it. It goes way high up there. Yeah, so if it would be in my near future, I would love to actually play for the Auburn Tigers one day. Okay, what are you going to have to do to do that? Um, actually have a lot of hard work and dedication into it. That'll that'll probably be a good start, and then you got to practice. Yeah, so practice is uh, very key as well. and um, Got to lift some weights. Yeah, so I'm going to lift a lot of weights and actually, uh, you know, put in hard work and, uh, you know, keep – keep uh, focused as well that's a good start that's a good start and then and then with the nfl news uh, just um added uh with uh, deshaun watson he's going to be sitting out for five games uh that was uh earlier i think yesterday or the day before no the day before they actually said that he will be uh on the sidelines for five games uh additional five games due to his allegations, so he won't be playing for the first five games of the opening season of the 2022 season. Yeah, a 24th lawsuit came across against uh, Deshaun Watson, accusing him of sexual misconduct, uh, and we're still waiting for official word from the league as to what it could be. Uh, okay, so whenever um, whenever I do get a chance to listen to the NFL Network sometime this week, I'll probably pass that message along as well. Okay, sounds good. We'll look forward to that. Any final All thoughts right. for us, James? Um, I don't have any final thoughts as well, but I'll probably talk to you all guys on Tuesday. Okay, well. we've got NBA Finals trivia for you tomorrow, okay? All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle, indeed. That's our buddy James from Montgomery joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 9 to be a part of the program. We'll go ahead and we'll take our next commercial break. When we come back, Matt from Tallahassee joins the show. Matt from Tallahassee will join us after this break. That's coming up next here on Sports Call. of the biggest names in the sports world want to be on Sports Call. We are very excited to be joined by ESPN's Adam Amin. Bring on a very special guest, a good friend of the program, a former host of this very show, and the current voice of the Auburn Tigers, the one and only Andy Burcham. We get the opportunity to welcome in Mr. Phil Steele into our program. Be sure to listen to our conversations with athletes, coaches, and media personalities on the Sports Call podcast. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back in Sports Call Tiger 95.9. Sports Call Auburn is a back-to-back Abby Award-winning sports talk show. B2B. Thanks to the Alabama Broadcast Association, best sports talk in the state of Alabama. That's what we hope to give you 
each and every day. Thanks to Jimmy Dykes for joining us a little bit earlier to talk about Auburn basketball. Tomorrow, Bruce Pearl will be on the show. We're going to talk with the head men's basketball coach of the Auburn Tigers on tomorrow's show. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Let's take your phone calls, 887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 Joining us now on the program is... Matt from Tallahassee. Matt now joins us on the show. Hi, Matt. Good evening, JJ. Hello, sir. Hi. Hi, Tom. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. Good. War Eagle. Hey, War Eagle. Hey, Cam. What's hey. up, buddy? War Eagle, guys. War Eagle. War Eagle. Hey, I'm glad, I'm glad we won that game, man. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a big deal. Us That's a big too, deal for man. sure. But uh, and so, so, but hey, what do you guys like? Uh, I know you guys already talked about the play that we got from LSU. Is there a way we might get some more transfers from LSU for maybe for Auburn football or get any more players? I think Auburn. I think Auburn football is going to go after a couple of more yeah. players in the portal. I think we're good at wide receiver. I don't see them adding anything at wide receiver uh, unless like a big name just enters. Sure. Um, but I, I think the wide receiver room is done. Uh, offensive line is the only spot where I could see them adding something, but I'm not sure. Uh, defensive, defensive line, line. maybe edge rusher that type that type of player. But I think wide receiver is done for now. Well, I saw that, uh, there was an offensive lineman from Georgia. That yeah. Was there's and, a there's uh, so a kid you, there's a high school there's a there are a couple of high school offensive linemen coming in right now but uh, none that are available for next year that are going to be in the portal uh, so just a couple of high school kids that Auburn's having on campus right now. Well, hey, I just wanted to call and tell you guys where you go. I'll call you guys next Monday and I'll do this here next Monday. You guys have a good weekend and Tom behave. Oh, I'm partying. I'm partying like it's 19. <laughs> I might not be able to hey, be. Hey, hey, next time, hey, JJ, next time I call Monday, you guys play the song. I want to do it. Win, win, win. I want to hear that, okay? We've done that for you before. You want to hear it again, though? Yeah, next time I call, next time I call, I want you guys play it again. Okay, that, this is a quick and phone and try, call for and, you. And, and, and try don't put me a hold too long. My dad doesn't like me putting a hold too long. I know, but if you call in after, folks, we have to let the people that called in before you go first before you can talk. So James yeah. had called in before you today, buddy, so we had to let James go yeah. first. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have a good weekend. Warrior, guys. All right. War Eagle. That's our buddy Matt from Tallahassee joining us there on the program. Record speeds there from yeah. Matt. Yeah, that's a quick one. On his phone call. No, no so, cheer. No cheer. At the no, end. no cheer. I mean, he's ready to get in, get on, get in, get it gone. Get his point across and, and, and move forward from there. 334 887 3401 or toll free at 1 888 9 Tiger 9 to be on the show. Let's do this. It's time for today's birthdays in sports. All right, birthdays in sports here today on June 6th, 2022. Happy birthday to Anthony Rendon. A current third baseman for the Los Angeles Angels previously played for the Washington Nationals, a one-time MLB All-Star, 2019 World Series champ with the Nationals, 2019 All-MLB First Team, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner Anthony Rendon turning 32, won a World Series with the Nationals, and then got an absolute paycheck from the LA Angels. And so he went out there. The Angels have lost 11 games in a row. It is yeah. bizarre to me how that team has two generational talents. Guys still, that we, we, we haven't seen for a long time and won't see for a long time after this and still, and still manage to be terrible. And still uh, can't win games. Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are on the Freedom. same team at the same time yeah. are 
freak right. baseball the, players. Right. You know, it's it's and Anthony Rendon is pretty good too. No doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're about two and a half years into the Shohei Otani MLB existence. We've known Mike Trout forever. Yeah, and, he and he's is been good to the playoffs. every single time. Uh, and he's the always Angels great. are I just bad. Don't understand why you would want that, to stay Mike with Trout could Mike Trout could hit like four hundred. And that team would still find a way to go under 500. No kidding. I just don't understand how you would want to stay with the organization that would just continues to lose. You got to pick it up. They blew a lead yeah. yesterday. The Angels have ah. lost 11 straight. Hopefully they can get a win for Anthony Rendon's birthday. He turns 32 today. Happy birthday to Prince Amukamura, a former NFL cornerback, selected 19th overall in the 2011 NFL Draft by the New York Giants out of Nebraska. Super Bowl 46 champion with the Giants. Also played for the Jaguars and Bears. The Big 12 defensive player of the year while playing for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Amukamura turns 33. Uh, that's one of our favorite names to say. Yes. <laughs> um, that's the best name of the birthdays that we're going to be celebrating today. And his first name is Prince. That's always yeah, cool, too. That, that is an, a Hall of Fame moniker there. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was... I was always a big Prince of Mukamura fan. He was he was at his height when I was starting to watch the NFL. Yeah. So yeah. A very, very cool player there. I was a big fan. Here's a big player, a big name, a, a guy that's at the height of his powers right now. How about DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. who's turning 30 years old? He's a current wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, selected 27th overall in the 2013 NFL Draft by the Houston Texans out of Clemson, three-time first-team All-Pro Five-time Pro Bowler DeAndre Hopkins, D Hop, turning thirty. Biggest hands of any human being alive on Dude the earth. Dude catches everything. Literally, he, his hands are so massive. It's insane. Very good wide receiver. No drops. No drops ever for D Hop. No. He turns thirty years old, and, and he was able to free himself from the hell that is the Houston Texans. Yes, and, and teaming up with Kyler Murray, that seems to be a good duo there. Yeah, yeah, seems so, like it'd be fun. Kudos to him for being able to make that happen. DeAndre Hopkins celebrating his birthday today on June 6th, turning 30. Cheryl Ford is a former WNBA forward, selected third overall in the 2003 WNBA draft by the Detroit Shock out of Louisiana Tech, a three-time WNBA champion, four-time WNBA All-Star, the Rookie of the Year, and a two-time WNBA rebounding champion, Cheryl Ford. Again, a three-time league champ, turning 41. Indeed, very good basketball player. So, our birthdays in sports here today on June 6th. Again, Anthony Rendon turns 32. Prince of Mukamura turning 33. DeAndre Hopkins turns 30. And Cheryl Ford turning 41. Our birthdays in sports here today on June 6th. We'll go ahead and we'll take our next commercial break here on the show. If you want to call in and be a part of the program, you can do that. 334-887-3401. We'll talk to you about anything and everything going on in the wide world of sports. We're back in a moment on Tiger 95.9 FM. This is the Tiger Communication Sports Network. Follow our Sports Call host, J.J. Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore J.J. underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU. Hashtag, is that two words? I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. 
All right, back on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM. Final few moments here as uh, we've got a couple of minutes in the hour. J.J. Jackson alongside Kim Berry, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy. Again, thank you to Jimmy Dykes for joining us on the program a little bit earlier today with the SEC Network, former college basketball coach. Again, the guy that gave Gus Malzahn his start in the coaching college or just coaching football as uh, giving him his first high school job. And good to catch up with Jimmy Dykes a little bit earlier on the program. Tomorrow on the show, Auburn men's basketball coach Bruce Pearl will join us. We'll have a phone conversation with him on tomorrow's show. We'll welcome in Ben Ingram, the voice of the Atlanta Braves. The radio voice of the Braves will be on our show tomorrow. Giving you a look at kind of the week ahead for Sports Call. Coming up on Wednesday... Really excited to welcome in Brett Holmes, who's going to be on our program, a former Auburn University student, now a NASCAR Truck Series driver and an Arkham Menard champion. Brett Holmes will be on our show on Wednesday. So myself and Tom Peavy will get to go racing a little bit. We'll ask Brett Holmes about his professional racing career. I'm, I'm just so kind of, I want to know what that's like. What is your life like? Okay. As a professional race car I'll, driver. I'll have to hold off on my boogity, boogity, boogity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm actually going to welcome those. I'm going to welcome, if you want to say those things, I'm going to welcome the boogity, boogity, boogities. Because I might throw one of those in there to myself. Uh, we've, we've already got... He's better uh, get a hot key of actual Daryl Waltrip actually doing that. We'll try yes. to do that. So, we, so he does it instead of us. And Yeah. Yeah. He's the man when he does boogie, that. Boogie, boogie, boogie. Let's cool go race some boys. Do it. That would um, actually be a great hot key just to start these NASCAR guys. Yeah, facts. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Let's go yeah. racing, boys. Let's make that happen. What? That's a good idea. You're the, you're I know. I'm, I'm going to make that happen. <laughs> Let's make this happen. We're looking at me like I've got control over something that happens. <laughs> I just show up and talk. Uh, gosh, Tom. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes you let me cut commercials. Yes. You're, <laughs> you're great at everything you do. That's for sure. Uh, so Brett Holmes will join us coming up on Wednesday. Looking forward to that. Wes Durham is going to be on the show again this week. Uh, the voice of the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, And several other guests. So keep listening to us each and every day from 3 until 6. Right here on WTGZ Tiger 95.95. It may be summer. It may be slower. Uh, this Auburn team is going to keep the athletic calendar moving forward as, again, they're advancing to the College World Series, or excuse me, the Super Regionals. We hope they win the Super Regionals and then advance to the College World Series. So we've still got several things to sit here and talk about. And then on Wednesday, we will bring back Wacky Wednesday. We took one week off. Uh, but we've already got a Wacky Wednesday topic planned. So we will have that coming up on Wednesday. So a loaded show the next time Tom Peavy's back in studio. Still to come today, we're going to have Best and Worst of the Weekend and a nightly TV guide and more. Uh, but Auburn baseball, again, 51 total runs over the weekend. At their regional, there were just so many home runs hit at the Auburn regional. Uh, across the sport, really. There was a lot of offense. That's what made this weekend of regional games so exciting for so many people was that we just saw a surge in offense across the sport. Yeah, uh, a surge across the sport, but then Auburn in particular, since that's kind of where we were paying attention to, this is a team that was not a power-hitting team. No. They they were they were dead, what, dead last in the SEC in home runs this year yep. or right at dead last for home Very runs this year. to it. And they promptly come out in game one against Southeast Louisiana. And Cole Foster crush. hits not just one, not just two, but three home runs in that game. But he hits two in the first inning, one from the right side, one from the left side. 
has a three-run shot, a grand slam, and a two-run homer. Sonny Deshara is hitting home runs. Uh, LaRue's doing his thing. I mean, the ball is flying out of Plainsman Park. But it, that was not the only thing they did. But since we're talking about power, Auburn turned the power up with the offense and and got it done uh, hitting those homers. And, again, like I said, this is a team that was not a home-running hitting team. This is not a gorilla ball team, as they call uh, some of those big mashers that just get up there and hit bombs all the time. It's a team that has survived by producing runs and just getting enough runs to get the job done, which is why in the predictions I predicted their run total so low because they're not a power-hitting right, team. Right. They they scratch runs across. They they rely on pitching. Yep. They But they just came out and just absolutely <laughs> Shut us up, just right? crushed yeah. the baseball <laughs> for three games. It just didn't let up. Double just digit runs at, every single game. I mean, goodness gracious. The first team in SEC history to score 50-plus runs in three regional games. That's I mean, that's just crazy. Just unheard of. And some real talent. Just, you you yeah. know, you're you're right in that this is the – it's always been funny to me. Uh, by the way, Oregon State just tied it in the bottom of the boo, fourth. Boo. Boo, Beavers. Um, yeah. Oh, no, he brought it back. What? That kid just center fielder brought it back. I thought it was a long gone home run, but he reached up and snagged it. All right, all right. It's a heck of a play. So it's still two one. But you're right in that Auburn is not built to hit home runs. But when you're a Division one baseball player, you can still mash right. a little bit. And, and, and they just kept running into process. him. And I'm sorry, that, I hate to interrupt you. That is a Sports Center top ten play that yeah, the Vanderbilt guy just did right there. Heck of a catch. Goodness I don't think gracious. it was going to get over the wall. I think it was going to hit the top, but. Or hit right at the top, but that was a heck yeah, of he, he brought it back, and that's, that is a heck of a play. But you're right, um, you know, hitting home runs is good. Chicks dig the long ball, as they say. Um, <laughs> the Sunny D long balls. Yeah, yeah. Sunny, Sunny is the first player, I believe. He be, this weekend he became the first player since 2010 to have 20 home runs in a season at Auburn. Yeah. Um, and you know, he he led the team by a ton. This is you're right. This is not a team that. Hit a ton of home runs. They were ABC baseball. They were string a couple of singles together, hit balls to the wall, and let them roll, find the alleys. But you know, if you can get them over the wall, go for it. <laughs> you know, you, you're never gonna you're never gonna turn down a homer. No, no, never. It's just fun to watch what this team was able yeah. to do. And I, I think the important thing you look at Auburn baseball again, having won. Uh, we're giving updates right now on the Vanderbilt and Oregon State game because if Vanderbilt wins and then Auburn plays this weekend at Plainsman Park. Yes. If Oregon State wins, then Auburn plays uh, at Oregon State. They'll travel to Corvallis. So uh, very important to see how that final goes. But, Tom, you mentioned your prediction, and we all predicted, right? Our, our highest prediction for runs scored was 27. And it was the closest guess gets this point. We, we oh, love doing those Almost got that in just one game. So, exactly. So that, that guess is obviously going to get it. The reason for lower predictions or, you know, a the thought process there was that in Auburn's final season against Kentucky and then in the SEC tournament, their offense really struggled. Their offense wasn't doing much right. down the stretch. And so that would be the message once again that credit to Auburn going into regionals for flushing all of that yeah. away yeah. and realizing that that doesn't matter. But then that's so important too that, yes, it's going to be awesome if Auburn wins, or if Auburn gets to play at Plainsman Park in the Super Regional. But what you did in the regionals does not matter one lick once yep. those super regionals start they're gonna once again have to flush everything yep. out and be like and not expect 
all of this to happen. They're not going to be able to think about the fact that in the regular season this year, Auburn did play Vanderbilt. We would talk about this a lot if Vanderbilt. I feel like if we do way too deep dive of a Vanderbilt preview on today's show, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to end up happening and Oregon State will win. <laughs> but here we are. We're going to do it anyway. Auburn won two out of three in their series against Vanderbilt yep. in the regular season. Right. But none of that matters. None of it. Right. Vanderbilt is the more experienced team. Definitely. They're, they've got way more tradition as a baseball program. And you're going to have to reset and know that come Friday night, 27 outs. And, and you've got to play better baseball coming through it. Auburn would just like the idea of getting to play those games right. at home. That would Absolutely. obviously help. Yeah. But Absolutely. you've got to be able to flush away what just happened this past weekend. No, it's a new brand of baseball. New but, game but, of baseball. We can, but we can celebrate today. For sure. You know, it's interesting. Do you think Butch Thompson is going up to those guys and saying, hey, flush it, don't expect this? Or is he saying, hey, guys, we're hot as fire, let's keep it up? You know, what? which tactic is he approaching this with? That's a million-dollar question. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, I, I wonder. I wish He's we could around ask him the that. team more day-to-day, yeah. you know, to know kind of what their mindset might be mm-hmm. in that setting. Um, I, I think I think the correct answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Probably like, in the middle. Yeah. Hey guys, keep it up. You're playing really well, but also don't let it get to your head. Right. Because I would imagine that's. I mean, I think that's what he had to do. Job's let's go finished. back. Let's yeah. go back to going into last weekend, going into this past weekend that just finished. What was the message, Brant, for that? Because like we said, they struggled yeah, offensively right. to close out the year. Was yeah. it? Hey, was it flush it or flush was it away it, or? Hey, we're a whole lot better than this. Yeah. Probably, I would say Probably a mixture of both. Yeah, a combination yeah. of both. Really. Oregon State has tied the game because we're better than this, but you know, you, you can't let that you can't let that <laughs> month define you, you know, because you did have a great season overall as a whole. You didn't. You obviously struggled um, in the SEC tournament and kind of down the stretch, but you still got the opportunity to host this regional, and you earned that as a team. And so you wanted, you know, I think Auburn has a lot of pride when they're in front of their fans. I, I definitely think that shows through throughout all sports uh, for Auburn. And so with that being said, I think being in front of their home crowd, it really did impact how they played because, I mean, I mean, you saw it. I mean, fi- I mean, 50 runs, you know, in three games is is insane. And so seeing that and, and them coming out and really showing out and even the pitching staff as well, um, they they just – you know, showed showed through. Yeah, pitching's been pretty good for most of yeah. the year as well. Uh, you know, we talked about the bullpen gave up a couple of runs, but right. again, by that point, you either had a nine-run lead <laughs> exactly. or a double-digit lead uh, in the other two games that you played. So at that point, it was just get in, get in there and throw strikes, let them get themselves out. If they hit a solo homer, the worst they can do is make it, you know, fifteen to three. You know, <laughs> so so just get in there and throw strikes, buddy. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, just going forward, you want, man, this team is so hot right now. Yeah, they're, they're they really are. are they hot. they have played three nearly perfect games in a row. Sure, and you, I guess at this point, you just wish the super regional was tomorrow. Um, wow, <laughs> right? Maintain. I mean, obviously, you want to get Maintain. your let your pitchers rest up because I mean, you're gonna want to you're gonna want to you're. Good Lord, what am I saying? You're going to want Joseph Gonzalez as healthy as possible. Right. He's been your ace all season. But best foot forward. Yeah. So the, we'll, the, we'll, Trace we'll Bright see. was great Friday. Trace, Trace was. Bright was incredible. 
Joseph uh, Gonzalez did it for Gonzalez you on Saturday, and then Mason Barnett had a career yeah. high ten strikeouts yeah, yesterday. Best, best start of his career since he got to Auburn for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean Barnett gives up a, a very first pitch of the game, gives yeah. up a double, and doesn't give doesn't up a give single up hit the rest either. of the time until Mother Nature puts a stop to things. Yeah. The the other thing that impressed me with Auburn uh, on the offensive side of things is yeah they were having those big innings, but ultimately you're going to end up getting they're going to end up getting out of it. Well, in, in these cases, they had the big lead, but you would get runs here, runs there, and runs here. But it seemed like every time Auburn had that answer, they they would answer yes. right back with yep. their yep. runs. And they so always got them back. They all, Yeah, they always got them back. You saw that again today. Yes. Um, I, I was so fearful today that Auburn was going to come out flat and that UCLA was going to be well-rested because UCLA was flat as they could be starting that game last night because they had also played earlier in the earlier in the day so of right. course trying to play back-to-back games like that it, it's tough on you um i i was fearful that auburn might be flat and the in that first little bit it looked that way plus you had a home plate umpire that had a strike he was squeezing he uh, was squeezing you were pretty much having to put it down a pipe to get a strike call um but uh you know there were, it just it ew, it just felt uneasy right. because auburn just they couldn't seem to get it going UCLA starts chipping away, and they get two here, two there, but then all of a sudden right there in the crunch, what does Auburn do? They come up and answer right back with two runs and kind of give you that deep breath of like, okay, all right, here we go. We we put the two on the board. That's what they did all series long. Anytime somebody answered with runs, they'd come right back. And they're like, okay, well, I'll see your three with five. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they just that type of stuff is the Great. way that that offense was in the series. Great resiliency like, for as sure. A team. What was impressive to me is against Southeastern Louisiana and against FSU, you had massive innings. You had innings right. where you were putting up five, six, seven yes. runs. Yeah. You had a couple of them against UCLA. I don't think they ever scored more than three in a single inning. Uh, yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah, but and someone correct me if I'm wrong, please. But I mean, you you don't have these massive innings but you're just adding on every inning you know you're right. you're getting one run here three runs here one run two and eventually you look up and you go oh hey it's the 6th inning and we have a 9 run lead right you know it's a it's a major development all right, 334-887-3401 or toll free at 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the program Tom, you were looking through and, and looking for some numbers. Our buddy Mark Murphy at Auburn Undercover kind of did a review of the Tigers' batting order. As you take a look at that, let the people know what uh, Mark Murphy was able to compile the whole week for people. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Yeah. So, thanks for Mark Murphy for doing this because I've yeah I've been desperate looking. You've been trying to find this information. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's go through. So tournament MVP senior shortstop Brody Moore. He batted five thirty three. With a uh, .611 on base percentage, so really geez, good, pretty good. Cole Foster he hit 400 for the Tigers, and he led all players in the region with 12 RBI. Goodness. That is pretty good for three games. That's three really games, good. 12 RBI. Again, let's not skip over the fact that the dude hit two home runs in the first inning of the <laughs> yeah. first game. One from the left side, one from the right side. He had a three-run homer, a grand slam, and a two-run homer. Dude was literally a solo shot from hitting for the home run cycle. Uh, that's just crazy. Uh, and then uh, first baseman, Sonny Deshari, he he hit 600 <laughs> with a 1.0 slugging percentage, a wow. .684 on base percentage, uh, and the home runs and the RBIs. So, I mean, he was just killing. Blake Rambush, he batted four forty four, uh, And the number nine hitting in the batter order, Mike Bellow, he hit 400. So, 
So now I mean, that, just firing so, on all cylinders. Right. So, now really that, so now that. So now then that. It's hard to do much better than that. It, it really. <laughs> <is>. <laughs> really. And he and he also didn't even mention some of the other guys. Case right. and Howell. Case yeah. Howell. Case and Howell had a great series. I think he played I, really well defensively too. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. Uh, against Florida State, there was one that was a show enough gapper into yeah. what they call the canyon yeah. out there, yeah. and he. Cliche, he was on his horse. Yeah. But he got there. Yep. Um, made a great running catch, but I think he reached base every at bat, I think, against Florida State or something Jeez. like that. I mean, Kaysen Howell had a great I mean, really everybody in that lineup had a great Jelling. series. And that's why and, and and then along with the pitching on top of that. And so that's why there's there's been a little bit of a debate off air where we've been trying to discuss our player of the week and who we've been nominating. And I just keep saying the team, and I mean, it, to try to narrow it down to one guy, I, I don't know how, I don't know how the regional people that put that together got Brody Moore as MVP. Very deserving. I, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but how do you, how do you pick one guy yeah. out of? That's what the hard. It's not that Brody did. Moore is the wrong answer. It's that it's, there is like, no wrong answer. I mean, Cole Foster could have easily been tournament MVP. Yeah. Brody Moore made a couple of great defensive plays oh, yeah. too. But yes, uh, yeah. Sonny Deshara has. The yeah, most home every, runs and had the best batting. Sonny hit six hundred. Yeah, yeah. Hit six hundred yeah. after had, having a Cole tough had, month of Cole May. Cole Foster had the most RBI. Sonny Deshira had the best batting average and the most home runs. Yep. Or no, uh, Cole Foster would have had more home runs because he had three and Sonny had two. Yes. Yeah. But true. but um, Sonny Deshira so, hit six hundred. Yeah. And had the best slugging percentage at one thousand. And, and, and that and that doesn't take into account the walks. Uh, I mean, he got walked numerous times. In fact, against FSU, they walked him to load the bases one time. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes, they so, did. you know, man, <laughs> who do you think is your MVP? Yeah, yeah. Because that whole team, it was not just one person or two people. No, it was not. That just had dominant performances, and you can just kind of rode that. This was a full team, yes. 100% full team effort to break records. Again, they're the first team in SEC history to score fifty plus runs in the three in their three region games. Has never happened before. And Auburn just did that. Yeah. At Plainsman Park. Uh, at Plainsman Park. And a team that has, you know, offensively been okay. Yeah. Definitely, and then definitely not been not, definitely not, yeah, definitely not been a power baseball, team. The way Auburn finished. I mean, just disastrous, the finish that they had sure, in the regular right. season. Absolutely. After getting off to a great start. Going into last weekend, so many folks were critical about Auburn's hosting. Hosting, yep. you know, that they yeah. didn't deserve to host, that they should have been yep. a two-seat. And so Auburn obviously uh, took that to heart. Proved that wrong. You know, I'm trying to think of the MJ meme at this point. Took I took it personally. personally. Took it personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think they probably did, you know. Yeah. I, I think that's that probably person. fair to say they did take that personally. Yeah. Yeah. And so now we'll continue to see what happens between Vanderbilt and Oregon State and to figure out where the Tigers are heading for the Super Regionals. But uh, good time for Auburn Athletics. It's always good. It's a sigh of uh, fresh air, a breath of fresh air, I should say, uh, when you have success like this to celebrate. And so we're enjoying doing this for Auburn. Let's go back to Die Hard Die's phone call uh, at the end of hour number one, kind of talking about just the turnout that the Auburn fans had at Plainsman Park, and you talk about where the football program is, and Auburn football is obviously going to to be the the flag bearer yeah, for your athletic football department. Is king, football always. is the money it's maker. It's never going to change. We would have more phone calls right now during the show if it was football season. Yeah. <laughs> that is a slight 
you know, to our callers right now because we want you to call in <laughs> call more during this sports. time of year. Uh, but we understand you're not going to call until football season, so we'll wait until then. Yeah. But we'll continue to celebrate the other things. A lot of it, though, goes to Butch Thompson met with the marketing department before the season ever started and met with student leaders to figure out, okay, how can we truly make Auburn <laughs> baseball a much better atmosphere, game day atmosphere, ballpark atmosphere, all of the above, to make it outstanding and to make it a tough place to play like he asked for that yeah. and if a, if a leader is trying to give you that kind of vision then the results are what you saw this past weekend yes i i feel like i said if you're good the people are going to show up if you push a vision you get people to buy in they're going to show up if you realize that vision and it's oh this is what we've been waiting for you're going to get people camping out outside your stadium before games um, and I think that, I think like we said, football is always going to have, if not sellouts, then it's so always going to be, be close for big sure. games. Yeah. Um, Even at their worst. Yeah, at their worst. I, like I said, I went to some. I went to the 2012 A&M game, which oh, was 63 I'm to so seven, and the most miserable football game I've ever attended. Uh, the only time I've ever seen a fan with a paper bag over their head at an Auburn game. <laughs> no way. I saw that on TV. By by yeah. the end of the first quarter, uh, my father and the people that we sit with, because the rest of my family didn't come. It was me and my dad, and uh, we have a couple of friends that we sit with. We were just watching the Texas A&M yell leaders because we had never seen them before because that was A&M's first year in the conference. And, uh, yeah, we just watched them the entire time. We were looking for Aubie. We were looking at Reveille. We were looking at the Yell leaders, making fun of them because they looked really funny, um, dancing, wearing ice cream salesman suits. It was a, what? it was a time. But yeah, Johnny Manziel put up like a thousand yards wow. in the second quarter of that yeah. game. So we just didn't watch much football. It was a why. It was a, it wow. was a rough day. That's but cool. you were there. Yeah, I was, I was there. Cool, I was there, though. and I did not leave. I and was, other we, fan, and other. We were there till there. final whistle. And oh. we were one of about 300 people in the stadium respect. when that game ended. I was about to but. say, <laughs> I res- respect for that one. Yeah, that's, that cool. was, oh, that's my claim to fame as an Auburn fan is I was there for that entire game. Uh, mine would be that my very first Auburn football game I ever went to uh, for the Auburn Tigers was also that 2012 season Nice at Vanderbilt. Oh, Uh so my first Auburn game was not at I have no Jordan memory Rear of that Stadium. game. I have no memory Auburn of that Auburn lost. Well, I th- well yeah. Uh, yeah, did we? And nothing significant really As happened. As they did in the many times. Game at yeah. Anyway, let's get away from that. Enough about 2012. <laughs> Those were dark times. You think you think the football program is in chaos right but now? <laughs> I want to because we got about 90 seconds left in the hour. I want more because you were there this weekend. So like just the atmosphere yeah. that and, and Butch Thompson what like a coach has to kind of give you a vision, and a coach sure. has to put themselves out there in the community, and nobody does that better than Butch Thompson, and we will put Bruce Pearl in that conversation Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Well, I mean, Plainsman Park was packed. The The grandstands of Plainsman Park were packed. I was up on the parking deck with our good friend Kevin Ives. Every level of the parking deck was packed. Oh, I saw it on from TV. End that to, is... From end to end and even on the sides. Yes. Out in the outfield, that new area, was packed to, I mean, you couldn't fit another person there, but then there are even people up the grass yep. hill. Uh, and on a couple of home runs, I saw kind of the a la Ole Miss thing that they've developed where they start throwing drinks in the air and out yep. there. That was <laughs> yep. going on. There was a dude in a, there was a shirtless coconut dude bra. with a coconut bra climbing yep. the fence. Yep. That I, I was mean, awesome. 
Yes, that atmosphere was insane. That is such a big part of it, too, the parking deck. Because it, Auburn could very easily say, hey, we don't want you camping up on this parking deck. Right. If you want to watch the game, you're going to have you to pay. Pay it, pay it for a ticket. They, didn't, they don't do no, that. They, they don't. allow these people to come, and it adds hundreds to the environment. It's such a it's such a big deal, and it's such a good decision. Well, and it's also also the area just below the parking deck on ground level is outside the fence, but everybody yeah. have tents set up and yeah. grills and – they're all doing that. And, yeah. yeah. And, and so, then, you know, yes, it is a great atmosphere. And, and that's going to happen with success. That, right. That, and that's just the thing that's going to happen with sports like basketball, with baseball, with softball. When softball was on their run, they were packing J.B. Bourne Field. Yep. They were trying to find ways to get seats in the outfield to get people out there when Auburn was on that run. They've taken a little bit of a step back. We hope they're growing that, but – you know, with success on those smaller sports, they're going. The Auburn fans are going to show up and pack the place out because this is one of the most passionate fan bases that you will ever find. No kidding. In college, in college athletics, or eagle, or eagle, eagle indeed. Um, Auburn baseball, tons to celebrate there. Also, uh, tons to celebrate with the Thunder Chickens. Speaking of athletic success out there on a diamond, the Thunder Chickens haven't quite reached that mark yet. <laughs> However. <laughs> We're 15 days away from the start of the season. 15 days away from Thunder Chicken Softball returning. All right, we've reached the end of the second hour of the show today. Alongside Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry. My name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ Tuskegee Auburn, and AM620 WTRP LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson in the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Kim Berry as uh, we're ready to go. One more hour of the show today. We've got Best and Worst of the Weekend coming up, a nightly TV guide, all your usual Monday things here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. And your phone calls are always welcome, 334 887 Three four zero one. Auburn baseball wins today as they are heading to the Super Regionals for the first time since 2019. Auburn in 2019 won the Super Regionals and they made it all the way to the College World Series. We will see if that continues. This is for the time. And right now, all eyes are on Corvallis, yep. Oregon, as Vandy and Oregon are still playing. What's the score update? There? It is a four to three Oregon State right now, bottom of the fifth. Four to three and. To fill anybody in, if Oregon State wins this game, then Auburn will have to go to Oregon State to play their Super Regional. If Vanderbilt is able to come back and win this one, as it's been nip and tuck the whole way, 
if Vanderbilt's able to win this one, then Vanderbilt will come to Auburn, and Auburn will yep. host a Super Regional. So let's go, Vandy. This is, speaking of Auburn to Super Regionals, I saw this stat a little bit ago. This is three Super Regionals in the last five years for Auburn yes, baseball. Sir. That is a big deal. That is Butch Thompson has done a great job with this team yep. and needs to be respected. It, it, up, he's up there with Bruce Pearl in my eyes. You know, as as far great as just coach. great coach, and Auburn's really lucky to have him. Well, it. And again, we mentioned this with with the crowds and everything. Not just a great coach, but a great seller of the program. Yeah. And and, yes. and Butch Thompson does such an amazing job with that to just sell the program, and sell the program not just to the fans, but to sell the program to the high school kids and sell the program to other college kids that are you know right. looking at like, hey, maybe I want to go play somewhere else. Um, they just got a commitment from one of the top pitchers yeah. uh, at Miami of Ohio. Uh, is going to come here as a grad transfer. And so he is able to sell the program to the fans, sell the program to the high school kids, sell the program to these college players, and he's selling the program to the professional ranks because they're the ones that are looking at these players, and now you're starting to see uh, a lot of these guys getting drafted. And, of course, yep. you know, a guy like Sonny Deshera is yeah. is a dude that, yeah, people are, they're gonna, they're, people are going to want him on their team. Yeah, if and, you can hit, you can play. Yeah. Dead gummit. And I mean, with his size, he might just—he might be a designated hitter yeah, type right. guy. Yeah, but man, That's I mean, fine. if he can—if he can, right. if he can hit the—if he can hit the ball at the pro level like he has in the college level, he—he he will have a career yeah. in baseball. Yes. I, I will say, I doubt he hits for four hundred ever. But I mean, it, even if it it why, translates well, to two eighty, you why, know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, hey, not? if he does, I'm not going to say no, dead gummit. But I just hope Chayla Luna is still his walk-up song yeah. and. Pro ball, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> he's a character. I, I love it. Yeah, he leans into the whole like, I'm Italian. Yeah, not really, but I am. <laughs> sure. So Auburn will take on either Vanderbilt or Oregon State, two very program or very rich programs in baseball history. As Vanderbilt won national championships in baseball in 2014 and in 2019. They have appeared in five College World Series, so two national championships for Vanderbilt in baseball. Oregon State has won three national championships. They won 2006, 2007, and in 2018, they've been to seven College World Series. So uh, it's two programs that have had tons of postseason yeah. success, and that's who Auburn will take on well, next. And with Oregon State, it's been of late, because I, I don't remember right. Oregon State being much – Way back in the day, I mean, when it was Miami and LSU. Well, they um, won in 06 and 07, right, national what, championships. Right, well, what I'm saying is prior to that. Prior yeah. to that, you never really heard much about Oregon State. In the they, Super Regional era, since the playoffs have expanded, they are the winningest program in college baseball, wow. the Jeez. Oregon State Beavers. Really? In the or In the Super Regional era, they huh. are the winningest program. Goodness, that's yeah, a talent. That's about the only thing they got going in Corvallis, Correct. Oregon. That's what I, like you think about that school, you know, and, and Vanderbilt too. Like Vanderbilt's won two national championships yeah. right. in baseball since 2014. What else does Vanderbilt? They don't play yeah. like they don't play softball. Vanderbilt doesn't play volleyball. They, they have no. very limited sports that they compete in. They but had a uh, Scotty Pippen's son. They had Scotty Pippen's son. You know, and yeah, Junior. That like, is about it. <laughs> last night for the Celtics, they had Aaron Neesmith hitting you know garbage time three pointers. That were insignificant. Did the Vanderbilt comment? But like in Oregon State, the same way. What do they do? You know, they had the Rogers yeah. brothers on the football field at running back. But outside of that, Brandon Cooks. You know, they they don't have 
tons of success with it other than baseball. Like yeah. these two schools are really, really good riding, baseball schools. Really riding on their baseball wow. coattails. I, I just had to like go through here and look at Oregon State and some of their former players. Uh, Michael Conforto. Really? Yeah. Michael Conforto is OSU. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. World Series champion. Yep. Played for the Red Sox and Yankees. Goodness. Yeah. They're a really good baseball program. Yeah. Over the last, yeah, well, since you said since the Super Regional era. Uh, but I guess Oregon State's just one of those you just don't ever think about nope. because no. they're so it's, far away. And, yeah, and they're nothing yeah. significant. They literally on the other side of the country. Yeah. Well, that and they're in the state with Oregon, which yeah. everybody knows Oregon, Oregon. because yeah, of right. Phil Knight and Nike and yep. the green and yellow and all that. And right. Oregon State's kind of that other forgotten team. Not in, ba- not in baseball. But you shouldn't forget about them. Not in baseball. No. You shouldn't forget about them. All right, it's uh, the third hour of our program today, so let's do this. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? It's our Daily Show Recap. (laughs) I'm sorry, just hearing that whole beginning to that, all I can think of is that's what was being said in the dugout of southeastern Louisiana, Florida State, and <laughs> UCLA. Yeah, <all> right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow, that really got a hand quick. <laughs> Jumped up a notch. The game started, and then, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Cole Foster, you know, Cole Foster hits a home run, two home runs in the first inning from both sides of the plate. It's like, wow, that escalated quickly. No kidding. No kidding. Cam, what's happened on our show today? What's our recap for today? We had a great interview with uh, Jimmy Dykes on our show, um, talking about a little bit of Auburn basketball and what we can expect coming into next season, especially after losing Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith. Uh, Did a little bit of birthdays in sports. And then on our show, while the show was going on, Auburn baseball um, advanced to the Super Regional. So um, um, great. Really proud of that team. I mean, we just highlighted everything – that that team that we that we did you know three games 50 plus runs the first sec team to ever do that in the ncaa tournament which is extremely significant um brody moore winning the regional mvp um just i mean all around great performance from the auburn tigers uh had some birthdays in sports um yeah that's, that's it's been a good show yeah, we did had great some good show. phone calls yeah had some from great, folks that have called in yeah we did my favorite thing that we do on Sports Call, which is we watch a sporting event live yes. and react to it on the air. Also that. Speaking of which, uh, Oregon State has now gone up 6-3 to three against Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, pitching change for the Commodores. Come They're on. the home team. And, uh, again, if that holds, Auburn would go to Corvallis, Oregon. Which is totally Don't fine. Ma- and, again, Auburn will be the home team in the game two of the series the second game of the series auburn would be the home team yeah. that that tripped if, up a couple of people on the internet did. i saw yes. this weekend it, when auburn was the when you were team watching twice. on softball right it, it, it's a baseball right. and softball thing auburn if they had have won again against clemson uh in their regional they would have been the home team the yeah. second time they played clemson and clemson that, would have been the visiting team that game is going to stick with me for a while yeah. that clemson uh, that clemson regional yeah. because it's such an ins- insane performance right. from maddie penta gave up one run in that yeah. game the offense could never scratch anything across uh, it's upsetting it is upsetting what a good year it was for the tigers they've yeah. got a lot to build on yeah. moving forward what i was going to say young. we were you know that escalated quickly is kind of our hot key or our bumper that you hear there for the daily show recap Southeastern Louisiana, as we said, Auburn's up 11 nothing in the first <laughs> against them. 
That's not their best start, though. No. Because if you remember, the last time Auburn made a run in the 2019 College World Series run that the Tigers did, Game three of their Super Regionals against the North Carolina Tar Heels. At? At North, North Carolina. Carolina. That's what I said. Don't sweat if you have to go to Oregon. In the top of the third, or in the top of the first inning, Auburn scored 13 runs. I had forgotten about that. It was 13 to nothing before North Carolina ever got a chance to step into the batter's box. Yep. And Auburn won that game 14 to seven to go to the College World Series. So it was awesome. It. Yeah. On Friday, but then the first inning comes to a close and it's only eleven nothing, and you're like, "Well, the team that won could be better with, with bigger bigger stakes playing in the super regionals." That was insane against North Carolina when Auburn went up thirteen nothing the way they did in the top of the first. Sure, that and, one ended it right. And you know, we go back to um, 2018. Here we are celebrating the Braves being the reigning World Series champions. Yeah. NLDS game five. Braves Cardinals. Yeah. The Cardinals went up ten nothing on the Atlanta yes. Braves before the Braves ever got a chance to bat. That is so that. demoralizing is early in the game when you find yourself in such a big hole. Yeah, it's it's I, not I just, good. Uh, it's not good, Bob. Because you talk about approach. I mean, hey, we still got twenty seven outs <laughs> right, to work like, with, but we're down <laughs> double digits. Yeah. Tough, tough to scratch like, let me step like, into the batter's box, just, but we're still down so, double digits. So yeah. at that point, the mindset's got to be, okay, let's just get, you know, a few here. Let's get a few there. Yeah. And then well. just by the end of the game, you know, let's, let's see if we can Hopefully we've done enough to get back. Right. Bring it within that we can, you know, keep it going. Well, and, that, that's, and that's what a, a good coach or manager would do with the team that is down is, right. is you get your guys like, hey, guys, listen, no, no sweat. It's very we, early. We, we've still got nine. We've still got nine innings of baseball to play right here. We've. They just put thirteen on us. Yep. Okay, well, let's go out there and put fourteen on them. Yep. I mean that would be the mind. That would be the mindset. But easier but said than done. Easier, easier said than done. But but what Auburn was able to do in these games have that big inning, and then if every single time, like we mentioned, that team with the other team, whether it be Southeast Louisiana, where it would be Florida State, kind of start chipping in and get a yep. run here there. But then Auburn would turn around. You know, I'll see your three runs with five, and so Auburn would turn around and just keep it going. And so every time, you every time that other team would feel like maybe they're starting to see you know the light of day and getting a little comfort, Auburn come in and put their foot on their throat and say, "No, we're we're not going to do that." You saw it again today. Uh, you you come in today leading nine to nothing. Uh, you just can't seem to get anything going on offense. And here we go with LSU. You know they're getting hits here, hits there. They get a home run. And you're like, oh, but then Auburn comes out and they score two. And it just felt like that just kind of gave you that little bit of relief. It settled you down just a little sure. bit, just enough. And that's what Auburn Auburn was able to snuff out every single sort of rally attempt. And throughout these regional plays with all these major, major comebacks, is you've seen you've seen teams that could not stop the bleeding. Once, right. once it got going and started getting away from them, they never had an answer for it, and you saw these teams coming back from these ridiculous deficits in winning these games, and you just never felt Auburn was in that position because they always had an answer or they always had that key strikeout against Florida State. Right. You get the bases loaded and you're sweating, yeah. and all of a sudden you could you you induce the little comebacker to the pitcher, and you and you get a one two three double play to get you in out of an inning. Those are the types of plays that are going to get you to championships and win you championships, and that's what Auburn was able to do: was stop bleeding 
and stop any sort of big rally from happening and making the plays. And, um, you know, as they keep going through postseason play, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to continue doing that, hopefully get big leads and then uh, stop other teams from having big innings on them. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger 9 Guys, let's take our first commercial break of the final hour of Sports Call here today. We're back with more right after this on Tiger 95.9. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Barry on this Monday. June 6, 2022. Coming up on tomorrow's program, Bruce Pearl, the head basketball coach of the Auburn Tigers, will join us. Also, we'll get a chance to chat with Ben Ingram, the voice of the Atlanta Braves. His first time Sweet. appearing on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, which will be good. We haven't mentioned the Atlanta Braves, but they have yeah. won five in a row. Five in a row. We've been talking about Going into the weekend, it. Auburn, ba- or, excuse me, the Braves had not won three straight games. And they had not lost three straight games all season long. And the Braves said, enough is enough in Atlanta. Four-game sweep of the Colorado Rockies. They have won five in a row. They are back above 500 for the first time since they were five and four. So a really, really good run recently here from the Atlanta Braves, which was great to see over the weekend against the Colorado Rockies, and they won two games in extra innings. Yes. Yeah. Great resiliency. Broke broke a lot of trends there. I I believe this is the first four-game sweep in uh, Coors Field ever for the Atlanta Braves, so that's a big deal. Um, And you you won games, you know, you won two games that were standard Colorado Rockies games that super high scoring, the offense was everywhere, a lot of home runs, and you won two pitchers duels as well, and – you know, Max Fried had maybe his best outing of the year. He's become, you know, you feel like you're not going to see any more than two or three runs any t- every time he goes out there at this point. He's, Friday was really fun. He is yeah, uh, he's turned into an absolute freak. Uh, and we all knew he would be, but now I feel like he's starting to get more yeah, recognition right. for it, I guess. Friday is really fun. If you got around to listening to our podcast on Friday and the conversation that we had with, with Ryan LaVoy in our studio as well, the Braves had won on Thursday by a score of 13-6. to six. Yep. And we're going into the second game. We're talking with Kevin McAlpin of the Braves Radio Network about how Atlanta is trying to win three games in a row for the first time all all season. And you're playing at a really tough ballpark like Coors Field where offense is just going to happen and you kind of have to live with it. And we're talking about how you can't think of all these great pitchers over the years for the Rockies and just pitching's not a thing. And then Friday night, for only the second time ever, in the history of Coors Field, a game went to extra innings and the score was zero to zero. Like I mean, <laughs> we jinxed it. It's just weird. Yeah. We yeah, jinxed it. Weird, it. Man. I mean, we really we did. had such a good baseball conversation. We really did. Jinx and it. then all of a sudden, for just the second time ever, 
They play 81 games a year at Coors Field. And for the second time ever, a game went to That's extra wild, innings, 0-0 in Denver, Colorado. And the Braves came out on the winning yeah, side. The, the Braves won that game. Yes. That's it. Yes, they did. You were, I think you were, what, 0-5, 0-4 yeah. going in, in extra inning games going yes. into this series. And then Had not been you take two, two of, of them. them. You won two of them. And you, you won two games. You won all four games. You won two in extras. You exercised a lot of demons there, I think. So now you've won five in a row, I believe it yes, is. You've five won, in a row. Won the last two series, swept one of them. It's it's a great time to be an Atlanta Brave, and just hope you can keep it up. Acuna yeah. hit a home run yesterday, which was big. He had kind of gone through a little slump. Uh, production. He was yep. still getting base hits. Austin Riley, but the power hadn't been there. Riley was I'm our sports call player of the week last week. Um, he's been great. Atlanta now just needs a home run from Ozzie Albies. He's been homerless yeah. Um, yeah, for a I, long time. You but, know, I, I everybody loves home runs, and I do too. And I'm like I said earlier, you're never going to say no to a home run, but his average is climbing. It is. He's hitting the ball well. It's just not going out. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, you know, you'll take that. Yeah. You'll take that as a major league player. Yeah, and I mean the Braves. You know, I I said it on Friday that this this series was the opportunity to potentially go past three wins and and a three game win streak go go to four go to five um and you want to keep that up we play the uh oakland a's i think uh, yeah. for two tonight. games yeah yes. so so you kind of want to keep that going you know kind of ride ride this little hot streak and you're going to be at home yeah. so you know this is a really really good opportunity to just you know keep it going just just continue this this trend of success that you finally seem to have found if you're the braves day off today or and then, yes, and then they sorry, will play tomorrow, two Tuesday. games. They'll play Tuesday and Wednesday yes. against the Oakland A's. And Matt Olson just got traded from the Oakland yes. A's. So it's Facing his first his time team. getting to play his old team, Cam. Yeah, really exciting. Um, and he, you know, he homered against the uh, yes, he did. against the uh, Rockies. Rockies. And, and that was good for him because he'd kind of, you know, been almost struggling a little bit um, to kind of connect. And I don't know if any of y'all saw the chart for that home run. Dead straight. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead straight. Straight away center like, to the biggest uh, ballpark. Straight I straight. Yeah. <laughs> biggest ballpark straight. in Major League Baseball. I like, believe the biggest ballpark in Major League Baseball. I, I, think, but I think you're right. You know, but it is, again, it's in Colorado, so the ball freaking flies there. But I that's mean, part of yeah. what we're saying. Right, right. So, you know, um, good success for him, and um, I'm sure he'll he's excited to um, face his old team and, and – um, maybe hopefully hit a couple homers. And they're, they're well. still in this stretch, are the Atlanta Braves, 29 straight games against teams below 500. Yep. The Oakland A's are 20 and 36. They are 16 games yep. below oh, 500. They're not good. They are not and good. the Braves have two games against them. These are games you and have then to capitalize the on. And the Braves have a four-game homestand against the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are 24 and 28. Who are and bad and the have Braves been bad for a long three time. three against the Washington Nationals, who are 21 and 35. So that's the next nine yeah, for Atlanta. Yeah, and you'll read all about the, at least the next seven tomorrow morning in the Braves uh, <coughs> Braves notebook. Thank when you that for comes plugging out. that. Uh, the Tiger.fm is where you can see that. And uh, yeah, make sure you check out Kid the Braves notebook. Um, Javon Cutler did it, and we were so excited to have Javon Cutler on the show on Friday. That was a pleasant surprise yeah. to have Javon back in studio with us. And then you've taken over the Braves notebook, and we'll get an updated copy of that tomorrow. That you can see on our website, and you can listen to every Braves game on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD. Like, we'll be able to chat with Ben Ingram, and then a little bit later you'll hear him doing the play-by-play on WAUD. Just like for the years we've done Kevin McAlpin conversations, we chat with him, and then a little bit later... He's hosting the pre and post game show. So I think it. I think we need to keep driving this point home. 
we didn't know Javon was coming into the studio Correct. on Friday. Uh-huh. We didn't that was know. a big Cam surprise. Knew. Cam knew, but we had no idea. That was awesome. As gotcha. an office, and he just, just walked in. Pops in, huh? Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. That from, was, was kind of wild. From uh, As far his... as I knew, he was still in, <laughs> in, in <Bristol>. Connecticut. <laughs> he was still in Bristol, Connecticut. I had no idea he was gonna, Dude, coming here. Dude, like... What? Yeah. I was like, there he somebody, was. I was like, there's somebody here that wants to see you guys. That's what you did. You walked in and was like, hey, there's someone here who wanted to see you. And I was like, okay, wants to say who? Who is it? And, and then, then we didn't then have to like, move. Hey, guys. And I was like, I know that voice. Yeah. Uh, what a guy. Great gosh. stuff. Great the stuff. The element of surprise. Yes. It's so beautiful. All right. So the Braves play the A's for two games starting tomorrow. Atlanta's playing good baseball right now. What we want to do, we want to take a commercial break. When we come back, best and worst of the weekend. It's that time. Sports Call continues here in a moment. J.J. Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Let's keep moving forward. Sports Call on a Monday. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android and tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap Skills and Games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, tap Enable to Use, you're done. All you have to do now is say, hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All right, we do it every single week. Let's get you the best and worst of the weekend. Now time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. All right, best and worst of the weekend here on this Monday, June 6th, 2022. Tom Peavy, what was your best of the weekend? Auburn baseball. <laughs> Auburn baseball going to yeah. uh, the Super Regionals. Yeah, Pretty I mean, awesome. I I could sit there and name you Cole Foster, Sonny Deshara, LaRue, I, all of them. I, I mean, I cannot give you my player of the week or player of the series because they were all just so darn good. Uh, that, that was a treasure to watch. And I, and I was so happy to be able to watch it. I guess if I had to say a best of that best would be the fact that I got to watch uh, the Florida State game. Uh, Sands the first two innings. I right. think I got there about the third inning. Um, so all the big-time stuff, I was there to witness it with our guy Kevin Ives and his whole crew up on top of the deck. So uh, uh, just a very memorable memorable series for the entire Auburn baseball uh, team, the Auburn baseball family. Just incredible and uh, ready to keep it going. And I don't care whether we got to go to Corvallis or whether we get to host. Let's just keep it going. Super regional. That's it. Best of the weekend, Brant? Yeah, it, it feels weird to say anything other than Auburn baseball. Fifty run, 51 runs in three games, is uh, it's tough to beat that. So, uh, you know, j- just pitching was on point. Everybody was hot at the plate. Uh, everybody got hits, everybody scored, everybody, you know, everybody contributed. It was a total team victory on the weekend and, and just a, a beautiful job, and hopefully they can stay hot. Cam Berry. I agree with Brandon. It kind of feels unnatural not to say Auburn baseball. I mean, you know, like Tom said, I mean, 
Tom and, and Brant both said, 51 runs, you know, um, through three games. I mean, just absolutely incredible. Great team effort. Super proud of the boys. Um, let's keep it going. Yeah. I'll give a shout-out to the Braves again for uh, sweeping over the weekend. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. That, Five that's in a row for that's Atlanta. the devil's advocate answer. Also, also Braves. Braves. Great Braves, stuff. Baby. Great stuff. All right. Five-game uh, win streak. Worst of the weekend. Um, <clears throat> my worst of the weekend is uh, – Man, I, I've just I've really gotten to where I just really dislike this baseball program just because of the antics in the coach. But Tennessee, uh, oh yeah, I saw that. I did see I, this. I'm sorry, Jordan Beck. He so, so. He, he hits a he hits a game tying double, and rounds first base and is flipping off the the outfield. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he, come hits on. A, he hits an RBI double ben and actually is, knows him. Flipping the bird to flipping while the, running first, flipping the bird at the other I, team yeah, while running yeah. first. I'm sorry, and if there's any Tennessee fans out there listening to me right now, I sorry, but I don't care. Sorry, not sorry. That that is a trash move by a trash yeah. player in a trash program with a trash coach. Very and good. And I'm not gonna go back against that. Yeah, very good at baseball. Very bad at everything else. Yes. Um. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Tom. That's. It, I I think class That's is overrated. Trash. I yeah. think class is. Something that people relate to, rely too heavily on. I'm just, you know, let the kids have fun. I'm all about watching home runs. I'm all about bat flips, stuff like that. Uh, flipping the bird to the center fielder while you're rounding first is stupid. It's doing too much. My worst uh, of the weekend. Oh, oh, oh but, go oh, ahead. But, go oh, ahead. Oh, oh, but you know, Tony Vitello is going to get mad when an Auburn player tosses a bat that just ba- happens to hit their turf and bounce to the dugout, yeah. and he wants to get mad and come and throw the bat back at Auburn. Yeah, but yet they've got the type of guys yeah. that flip the other team the bird well, when they hit a here's tying the thing. double. I don't, Come I don't on. know if those are, I don't know if those players are those type of guys. I well, think that's just the environment that Tony V has well, cultivated. It's, 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 it's trash. It is trash. It's absolute garbage. I hope they lose everything that they do. It's too much. It's way too much, man. Hey, Tennessee is terrible for a lot of things. My worst of the weekend is going to be. Uh, I believe this game was played on Saturday. The Pensacola Blue Wahoos and the Biloxi Shuckers, uh, two double-A teams for those who don't know. Um, The Shuckers had a, uh, what was it? It was a 4-6 to lead going into... This is Brooks' neck of the woods. Brooks, Brooks, do you know what I'm going for here? Do you know this game? I don't know. He does. I do know this. Do you know what happened? I do. I don't know what happened. Let's go. So Brandon. I'll go through it. So four to six, entering the bottom of the ninth. The Shuckers have the lead. They just need to get three outs. They win the game. They go E6. So leadoff guy gets on. Okay. Oh, no. Walk. Oh. So runners at first and second. Nobody out. Hit by pitch. No, Bases no. are loaded. Nobody out. Still got a four to six lead. The next three batters were hit by a pitch. Sheesh. For, that leads to a seven to six Blue Wahoos win. Wow. Four pitchers in a row get hit by a pitch. Yeah. For a walk off. E6, walk, hit by pitch, hit by pitch, hit by pitch, hit by pitch. Lose walk the off. game. Lose the game. Wow. That's game. Six to four goes to seven to six without the virtue of a hit. <laughs> All right. That's, wild, That's my dude. worst of the week. That's weekend. great. That's Shout good. out to the Biloxi Shuckers. And they won. No, they lost. The, the Blue Wahoos won. The Blue Wahoos won. On a hit-by-pitch yeah. without getting four, a hit in the ninth inning. Error walk, four consecutive hit-by-pitches. There you go. And that is how you lose a two-run lead without giving up a hit. Whew. Yeah, that's tough. What do you got, Um, I, I mean, I don't necessarily have a absolutely terrible worst of the weekend, but if I had to pick one, I'd really say that it, it's been, you know, these, these NBA Finals games – have been blowouts. These first two have been blowouts. You know, not exactly exciting basketball. 
Um, I think, you know, people are kind of like tuning out after the third quarter after. Um, I'll know. give you last night. Yeah. And, and I, I and, you know, I, OK, so the first game one was had you know, a double a comeback, digit lead right, in the fourth lead, quarter and comeback win entirely okay. flipped. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people still kind of like tuned out until like maybe the last two minutes were like, oh, the Celtics are going to win this, you know, and, and they're coming back. So, that, you know, but um, I, I'm hoping that these NBA finals games are not all like that. Um, I'm I'm. I would like to see where these games are coming down to the wire. And I, I think that the, these first two games are te- where the team's kind of feeling each other out and how they were going to play. And I think now it's going to be a little bit more competitive. Um, but, you know, I, I, I turned off the game after the third quarter last night because yeah. I was like, well, Warriors got this one. They were up like almost 30. So, you know, just the Celtics were struggling as well. So I knew that there was no chance that they were going to come back. Um, and they just kind of – Gave up. So Golden you, State you just dominates see, yeah, the third quarter you know, traditionally. They, they, they do. How, um, how much did they win that one by last night? Twenty five. I think. Yeah, like, like was almost, it like it was it was, it was like eighty five. Yeah. Okay. What, what, what was the final? So score? we so last week on the show we did a uh, most likely to happen. Yeah. And one of those I, I'm trying to remember uh, thirty point game or a game goes to overtime. Right. Thirty point victory or a game goes. And, to and I think pretty much everybody is like, oh, overtime. Like yeah. we don't say it's like yeah, there's gonna be some blowouts, but not thirty point so, games. And man, we've it already was close. Let me tell you, yeah, it came very close. We've yeah. seen two double digit wins already. Yeah, which, uh, and that was another part of the monthly right. prediction of double double I, digit wins. I, I, I didn't expect already to have two. Yeah, I it was one hundred seven eighty eight, so nineteen points. Yeah, we got closer there towards the yeah. end, and then Probably twelve just points garbage, in the first game. Yeah, absolutely, there were guys I've never heard of out there for the last ten <laughs> minutes of that game. Yeah, see, and exa- I did watch exactly. it exactly. And so you know, you don't want that product in the NBA Finals because you want people to tune in from start to finish. You want these games to be enticing. You want these games to be interesting. Um, it's just how do you fix that? Yeah, and and. and, and Boston last hard. night needed to make shots. Needed, exactly. And, and then I, and I, and in game think, one, Golden State needed to make shots when I, Boston went on a 17 right. nothing run. And I think those first two game nerves are out. I think they're done. You know, I, I think that now um, the games are going to be closer. Uh, I think that we're going to be having a more engaged NBA Finals. I hope. You know, I can only just hope for that. Um and, you know, I also hope that for my monthly prediction because I also predicted two, um, two double-digit wins. And so now I need every win to be single, di- single digits. <laughs> I think I picked two. <laughs> you did. You did. Um, and <clears throat> so I, I, that's kind of was my worst for the weekend is that, you know, I, I'm just hoping that these NBA Finals games are going to be better and more engaging for the fans, just for the fans' sake. I like it. That's a good one. Best and worst of the weekend here on Sports Call. I was looking for a dumb crime to give a shout-out to, and <laughs> everybody's been behaving this past <laughs> week, which was good, I reckon. So um, where I typically find the headlines, there was nothing updated. So, um, yeah, I was – There's plenty of dumb I, quirk news out there. You just got to find I got to find it. And I was digging, and I tried to do the prep, and I uh, couldn't find anything that had been shared on the show before. So, um, Tom, I, I agree with you that uh, the Tennessee double was just – I could not believe that that happened, that that was happening on a television yeah. in a college baseball game when that took place. But cameras caught that happening yeah. as a guy rounds first heading into second. Craziness. Yeah. Craziness. Yeah, that was different. That was just a little bit weird. So <laughs> Why? Why I would, you, to, why would you do that? Because they're trash. I mean, like, I... They're coached by they're coached by a guy that allows that type of BS to go Pro- on. Professional douchebag, I guess. But yeah. I just... I, Meh. Yeah, 
it's definitely not excusable in a professional setting. It's not something you want from your players. It doesn't. You don't want that representing your program. No. You I know. I can I can look. Past. This is the same organization that threw a golf ball at Lane Kiffin, though. True. Yeah. Not the same exact same organization. No, same but school. Same no. school. So I mean, that fan base leans into it. You know. Well, I, well, I mean, I just saw the uh, their uh, old row, their Tennessee old row. Uh, I don't know if it's an official or a shirt they're doing, but I mean, there's a a they shirt that they're shirt, doing flipping a, yeah, with him yeah. flipping the bird, and yeah. so they they embrace that. Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, that's classless. That's 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 just no. I don't ever want to see an Auburn player do that. I don't like seeing other players do that. I mean, yeah. there's a way to win with class, and you win with class, you lose with class. And I'm sorry, I don't care how excited you get, you don't sit there and flip the bird, right, at the opposing players while you're. Rounding first base, not even on a home run too. Like no. he had to hustle. He had to go into second. <laughs> like it's, it hit feel, the wall. And, 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 and I like, get it. Tennessee's number regional, one. But if, that's the right, wrong finger to be holding top, up to like, say you're yeah, number yeah. one. It, it feels like something we would see um, against the Thunder Chickens. You know? Yeah. D- does it? I don't Against. know. Like, I don't think anybody gets that like excited. In, in that league, you know, and we had some heated games last year. True, did, okay, did. not because your boy not will talk a little bit. We, yeah, you yeah, will talk did. a little bit. Um, and uh, things had to be calmed down just a bit. But uh, yeah, I didn't think we would see that at the postseason level. All right, our show is almost over, so that means we need a nightly TV guide. Here we go. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. The Nightly TV Guide is brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Awesome. All right, Women's College World Series tonight, Oklahoma State in Texas at 6 on ESPN. If Texas wins, it's over. If Oklahoma State wins, they play it again to see who gets the right to go play Oklahoma in the National Championship Series at the Women's College World Series. So good luck to those two teams. Monsters, Inc. tonight at 6 on Disney Channel. Banger. Great movie. Oh, yeah. Great movie. We were talking about animated films two weeks ago. One one of the recently on the really? show we had that discussion. Remember that? Were you with that, Brent? Animated films? Which one? When animated we talked about films? animated films. Pixar, uh, were you here for that? Classics. I'm not sure. Never mind. All right. Uh, baseball. I do like animated Can't movies. Wait. 6 Can't o'clock ESPN 2. Uh, We've got Arkansas and Oklahoma State, also on ESPNU, UConn, and Maryland. And then another animated film for you tonight at 6 on Freeform, Hotel Transylvania, your movie selection for the evening. And that is our nightly TV guide brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Check it all out on television tonight. Shout out to White Claw. Yeah, indeed. Thank you for sponsoring our nightly TV guide. That does it for our show today. Thank you to Jimmy Dykes for joining us on the program. Fun show. Brent, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Cam Barry, I appreciate you stopping by and being here. Oh, yeah. Always a pleasure. Tom, good to see you. We'll see you again on Wednesday. War damn eagle. War eagle, indeed. Six to five, Oregon State leading Vanderbilt. Bottom of the sixth, nobody out. Runner on first. All right. There's your last update for the show today. Thank you for listening to our program. For Cam Barry, Brent Daughtry, and Tom Peavy, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.